As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply studio if you don't mind to the right of the studio doug shelby's stunning samantha hazelwood gray how are you gorgeous lala b the ever talented melissa nicole and awesome ann palmer open-minded clarity jose what's happening and uh phil minervino horns up to you buddy uh the dutch princess herself sally vander vord there she is all right <clears throat> Moving on, Mike Palumbo, Spooky Morales, nice to have you guys here. Double Tim, Roy the Boy, and uh, there is Project Blue Book over on Twitch. We have A. Koth, so that'd be Anthony Koth, I'm assuming. Uh, Vash the Impaler, what's happening, buddy? And Richard Elmore, THE Richard Elmore is here, everyone. Daryl Zernick, nice to have you here. As God, we're running out of time here. The gorgeous Patty B, nice to see you again. Uh, awesome Arlene Adkinzel, thank you for joining us. Sensational Sherry, how are you? And uh, uh, Davy Jones Locker, nice to see you. I'm not going to make it. Uh, Boz Monster, thanks for coming on in. And uh, there's a 405er. E. Niles, nice to see you. And uh, Enzo, nice to have you here. Russ Bailey, thanks for joining us. The gorgeous Helena J. Wreaking havoc. Big Bad John right there. I'm picking it up now. Brown Dot Flop, what's going on? We got to get going here. Horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on TalkStream Live, Revolution Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Go to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and now on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. Happy New Year to everyone out there as we rock out 
2021 and get ready to bring in 2022. Why? Well, that's just what happens on the calendar at this time of year. So we have to be able to do it. And that's the way we're going to rock it. And we might as well rock it with one of our most popular guests and one of my favorites as well, the lovely and talented Varla Ventura, who is getting ready for her own New Year's celebration and you know what, maybe a little hockey, and and we're going to have some fun tonight (laughs) as we say goodbye to 2021 and hello to 2022, because it was a fun year of monster talk with Varla, who literally comes on. We've decided to make her a monthly feature on this show because she's just, the popularity of her really demanded it. And Varla, you know, this is what I love about you. Our audience demanded that you come on as a monthly guest so we made you a monthly guest, and I appreciate you doing that for us. Well, I'm just going to start out by saying thank you for that, for having, for supporting me more than just this year, but you've had me on in years past, and it's been really, I, I think it's been particularly fun this year as a regular guest. So thank you, Dave, for all that support. And also thank you to all your awesome Spaced Out Radio heads because you've got such a great audience. They're so engaged and they're, they're supportive, they're funny, they're knowledgeable, um, but they're kind, which I really appreciate. Um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm feeling pretty grateful right now. Well, you should. You should because... <laughs> You know, we're, we're that special of people around here. You are special. You are very special. Oh. The specialist. <laughs> I even wore a monster shot shirt for you, which is our Spaced Out Ooh. Radio Sasquatch shirt tonight. Yeah, I wore nice. that for you. And, that's you know, nice. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the heck, why don't I sound proper? And then I realized that I have my toque on. So I gotta yeah, you got a lot of stuff in between you and your ear, your ears right now. Oh, now I, now I can hear go. properly. Now, oh, everything yeah, that's sounded a little better. bit muffled, you know what I'm saying? Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. How would you know? I, you weren't wearing my toque. I could hear you. Okay. <laughs> I guess that so, works, yeah. too. I guess that <laughs> works, too. Varla, we always have new listeners tuning us in, and I always like to give a brief introduction to whom you are for our new audience members, but you are one of the top monster writers in North America when it comes to the everything weird and strange. You take a look at more of the darker and the macabre side of the legends and folklore out there. You know, explain how you took that road over what other authors do that stick with Dogman or stick with Bigfoot. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, I, I, I do tend toward the dark, but um, in a more eclectic way, I guess. So I just have always, and I'm just one of those people, I always rooted for the villain. It just, it was something that I was, I don't know, I was born that way, that way to just sort of root for the dark side. And I think because of experiences that I had as a young child, um, paranormal experiences and um, supernatural things that happened in my life and in, in my household and have happened throughout my life. I have always had this attraction to it and um, just been really interested in kind of the greater realm of what is the supernatural. And so that has led me from ghosts and, and seances and things of that nature to, 
to vampires and werewolves and banshees and mermaids and selkies and all manner of um, beasties and really kind of exploring the connections between um, those supernatural creatures and, um, you know, everything, history, lore, um, how those uh, creatures are actually connected from around the world. And um, yeah, I just, I can never get enough of it. And the greatest thing about cryptids and the supernatural is there's always going to be a new story. There's always going to be a new experience. There's always someone who's going to share their own experience with me. And, um, and that's, you know, this kind of radio show that you have and the kind of people that listen to your show are of that realm where they may not have all had experiences themselves, but many of them have. And it's a supportive way to kind of talk about these things that are, you know, there's no reason, there's no reason to, um, be ashamed if you've had experiences or doubt them. If, if you, you know, I mean, I think we all go through that period of, of doubt and um, self kind of examination thinking, Oh, well that I must've just been imagining that. But after a while, when you get a certain number of experiences, you can't explain away. Then you finally just kind of the light sort of comes on, or maybe in my case, the light switches off and you're there and you just, you just have to embrace it. So um, for me, that happened probably, you know, at the age of 10. <laughs> you, you just brought up something very <laughs> profound that I don't think we talk mm. enough of regarding this phenomena of whatever is happening out there. And that is, you said, oh God, it must be my imagination. Mm -hmm. And yeah. for the majority of us, even myself included, I've said that so many times throughout my years. That, yeah. oh, that was just imagination. I didn't really see that. Yet, your first sight is usually a truthful sight. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. of the weird and strange. Could you maybe uh, de describe how we need to pay attention a little bit more to what is going on with that first sighting? Like when you see something move out of the corner of your eye, or you see that something that looks like a shape of a, of a monster in a forest that it's not just trees or it may not just be trees. I mean, sometimes it's going to be probably the majority of time, but there may be that time when you're actually seeing what you're believing you're seeing. Well, yeah. I mean, for, for one thing, I'll, I'll just say I was fortunate enough to be raised by a witch who did not um, dismiss what I experienced as a young kid as my imagination or as imaginary monsters. And I think that we say that all the time. It's sort of our instinct. It's a, I think it's actually um, like a protective instinct to kind of shield ourselves because if it, if we really are seeing something supernatural or our children are, um, we may not be able to fully uh, accept that in that moment because of fear, because of, you know, the thing might be terrifying. So I think that um, it even that even happens for myself. I, I, you know, one of the first things that happens for most people when they're having a paranormal experience, they are not, you know, stay, sitting there or laying in bed, you know, or whatever it is and saying like, okay, I am having a paranormal experience right now. You're so in that moment that you're, you're not even really fully um, processing that. It's, 
sort of after the fact that you start dismissing it. And it's, it's kind of like a dream when you have a really, really lucid dream and you wake up and you, you think, man, that was really real. And as the day goes on, the memories and the, that, that feeling and the things that were in the dream become, uh, they, they fade and they don't really make sense anymore in the light of day. And I, I look at kind of these um, paranormal or supernatural experiences that people have. Um, they are very fleeting. They are meant to be fleeting because I do think it's tapping into something that we cannot actually handle in huge doses. It, we just can't. We don't have the, we're, you know, we don't have the emotional and mental um, capabilities of really fully handling it for long periods of time. So for most of us, we get glimpses. I personally think of that as a gift. So anyone who has ever shared a supernatural experience with me, I immediately think that person has a gift because not everyone sees things. Not everyone has those kinds of experiences, but a lot of us do. Some people deny it. Some people don't really care. Some people are like, yeah, this is pretty normal for me. But regardless of where you are on the spectrum, you know, some people dedicate their lives to it. But regardless of where you are on the spectrum, when you have this sort of insight into what I look at as sort of the other world, which is the world where cryptids and fairies and um, all these kind of supernatural creatures dwell, if you get a glimpse into that, it's actually, you should consider yourself quite privileged because they don't show themselves to everyone. They have the ability to cloak themselves whenever they want to, to, to protect their environment and to protect our, um, you know, I mean, humans, we're, we're jerks, right? Like if, if we find out there's a fairy kingdom, we're going to go in there and start mining it, or we're going to go in there and start exploiting it somehow. And so um, there's these little kind of uh, blips. And I think that um, you can, you can start to connect the dots if you pay attention to those. But I also sort of feel like if you've had an experience in particular, if it's not necessarily just a ghostly experience, but you've seen something, you know, you've seen something you might think is a cryptid or some other kind of creature in the woods. It's a really good time to just think about where you are in your life. It's actually a great time for self-evaluation. I'm not going to get too um, psychoanalytical here, but by and large, and if you look at, for example, just looking at Irish folklore, if you look at Irish folklore, you will see over and over again that theme of the fairies appearing to teach kind of a lesson and to sort of prove a point and so I think that when that happens to us we probably need to just take a step back and um just you know think about it it could, it could be a good thing that's happening in your life it could be a sign like yeah you're on the right path like you're noticing things great you're doing the right thing for yourself um it could be a warning hey you know, you had too much to drink, <laughs> whatever it is. So um, long, long answer. But I think it is really important to um, honor that experience. It, it's, it's a really powerful thing. And even even though we expend energy dismissing it as our imagination, it's such a vital part of what actually makes our um, makes us like function in the universe that you know i mean it's like it's 
it's, it's kind of the same idea as like the, uh, a biological ecosystem. If you wipe out all the ants, then you're not going to have a, a really vital element of the ecosystem. And so there, you're going to lose animals that eat the ants and you're going to lose the, um, the compost that the ants put into the soil. And so plants won't grow. So there's all these little things. So if you just dismiss all supernatural, you're basically like, you know, blowing the paranormal ecosystem and, um, you know, you, you, you miss out on, uh, I, I don't know, you miss out on what, how, how that can change you or, or make your life different than what it is, which I guess, yeah. I mean, you know, New Year's resolution, pay attention to the freaky stuff, table. <laughs> always, <laughs> always, always, always go for the woo. When in doubt, side <laughs> with the woo. Make the woo yeah. happen. Woo-centric. Ooh, Lean nice to the woo. Nice t-shirt name. Very nice T-shirt name, Varla. As we <laughs> as we look at the year that that was, you know, we, everybody looks back and says, "Well, what what was your highlight of the year?" So I'm going to ask you this: out of everything weird and strange that we have discussed or that you have experienced in the last year, is there something that happened to you that maybe sticks out for you—a paranormal mm. experience, a supernatural experience that stuck out for you in 2021? Yeah, well, uh, there's there's a there's a couple of things. Um, one thing that just came to mind was this very interesting. So I I think you know I do a lot of book editing and um, book shepherding and and writing on on the side in addition to the books that I write. And I was working with a woman who um, she's actually what what does she call herself? She calls herself a like a, a psychic, she doesn't call herself a psychic. She calls herself a spiritual life coach, I think is what she, what her title is. And so she does readings, but she doesn't really do readings the way I've had psychic readings where it's basically a blank slate. They know nothing about you going in and they just read you cold and give you some information that you can, you know, fit into your life. So she didn't do that. She actually asked for information because she's a life coach and then she took me into this um, kind of, so I was working on her book, but I, I, I was doing, I said, oh, I'll do trade for a few sessions. I mean, sure, put me under, let's see what happens. And it turns out now, nobody panic, but it turns out I went to the astral plane and brought back a succubus. <laughs> so... Hey, that was really... It happens in Vegas all the time. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, it's not that unusual, right? So, but that was very interesting because I was not entirely sure that it really was an entity of some kind, but I did think that it was an energy of some kind that had attached itself to me and had really sort of dragged me down. So that actually, that experience, which happened about mid-year, really kind of changed it, it just it really woke me up um it made me realize that what i was doing was detrimental to where i really wanted to be and so you know whatever talk about woo right just just get personal 
But I made some conscientious efforts to slam some doors, basically, to things that I thought were potentially the succubus. But then it got freakier because the next session, she said it was my grandfather who was not a nice man, who I didn't know, who I did not know personally very much. I'd only met him a couple of times, but he was not a nice man. And she said, well, I think it's actually a relative. And I knew it wasn't, I have two grandfathers, right? One was this wonderful man. And the other was this man. I didn't know that well, but was like pretty horrible. And um, she convinced me that it was like somehow his ancestral energy attached to me. And then I got like, kind of like, sorry, but the succubus did not freak me out ancestral creepy energy of creepy grandpa totally freaked me out. So I actually, um, I had to kind of really, it took me a few weeks to actually talk to and have another session with her because I was kind of afraid of what was going to happen next. But we, you know, we worked through it and, you know, she had all these great tools and stuff, but it was a really, um, it was a really interesting experience because Personally, I've only ever been sort of like randomly haunted by like things in places. And this was the first time that I'd had um, anyone say to me it was this like the ancestor coming through. So um, it was kind of unpleasant. And here I am, right? Like I'm, you know, writing about the paranormal and talking about the paranormal. And then as soon as something really um, emotional and... um, scary happened. I didn't dismiss it, but it actually, I was amazed how many uh, weeks it it took me to, to be able to address it and figure out a way to address it. So that was a big highlight. I don't know if I call that a highlight. Well, it it kind of is though. It kind of is though, because I mean, look, that's a paranormal experience. I mean, did you sense the energy that was on you? I did actually, I had been sensing it for quite some time. And so the first session when she identified where it was, I immediately understood where it was. Um, let's see, I think it was over my right shoulder. So I don't know if things are backwards if people are watching, but if you see a weird entity appear right here, like put it in the chat cause I need to do some more cleansing. Um, but yeah, actually, I, I think, in, and honestly, that that's probably why this woman came into my life and why I um, agreed to take, um, you know, life coach spiritual sessions in lieu of payment because I, I needed to know what was going on. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, so I, did, I did sense it, and I had had a series of... Out of nowhere, about a month before that, I had had a series of dreams that there was something in my basement, like in the corner, like my house has a sump pump. You know what those are? Yes. Like it, like pumps that, yeah, you do. You're Canadian. Of course, you know what a sump pump is. Um, so uh, anyway, I... So it, stereotypical it, there. Well, I just mean you understand weather, you know, like, I don't know. I grew up in California. We didn't have sump pumps until I moved to the Midwest. And I was like, what's that thing right there that like is moving in the basement? And anyway, right around that area, I kept sensing something really freaky. And I kept having these dreams every night for like weeks. I would have these um, little snippets of recurring dreams where there was something. And I had lived in this house for a couple of years and not had any experiences and I was like, well, you know, I didn't get a haunted house. That's okay. And then this thing kind of happened. And then shortly thereafter, she identified it. And she said, yeah, there's something in your house. Oh, and there's, and there, I think it's mostly, it, it came from the astral plane and it attached to your like right shoulder. <laughs> I was like, cool. Yeah. So what should I do about that? Well, what did you do? Uh, so she suggested a series of things, including, um, it it was a lot of visualization. So I didn't do any kind of exorcism or anything like that. To be perfectly frank, I don't believe in exorcisms. I just don't, I I don't believe in, in, I, I believe if the only things I banish are people living human beings, I like to banish living human beings. So I've done a few of that, a, a, a few banishings this year. But a so lot of it I. was just. I, and, <laughs> did and, you? Yeah. Yeah, and I can honestly say a couple times, or, or at least once, I got banished w- w- without me even knowing what I did. Mm, well, that's all yeah. right though. It turned out it turned out perfectly though. It turned out perfectly. It, it really does turn out for the best when horrible yes. people cut you. Horrible yeah, people. It, horrible. Yeah. People. They're just horrible people. There's just so many horrible people out there. Yes. Yeah, so it it involved a lot of connecting. Actually, it involved a lot of connection with ancestors that I trusted. That was basically the solution was, you know, it was like it was like a homeopathy. Take a little of this and put a little bit of that on there. And that was pretty much what it involved. Um, And it involved a lot of mind over matter and a lot of willpower um, uh, to really kind of keep myself in a headspace that I could handle it. All right, Marla Ventura (laughs) is our guest, our final guest of 2021 here on Spaced Out Radio. Happy New Year to everybody on the East Coast and beyond and around the world. We love it that you are here hanging out with us. And at the top of the hour, we'll say Happy New Year to everybody in Central Time as well. Why not? This is the way we do it here on Spaced Out Radio. Because there's no place we'd rather be than with you here tonight.
Thank you for not screwing that up for me, uh, because I forgot to tell you before the show that like this show will play tomorrow night on our radio stations, so that's why I'm saying Happy New Year. Oh, I thought you were saying Happy New Year, because in 30 minutes for me, it's actually going to be New Year's Eve, so I was just kind of rolling with that, but yeah. I will tell everyone Happy New Year. Yeah. I'm good with that. I, I forgot to do that in our, cool. in our pre-conversation. So yeah, great. You played it. I'm well. happy. I'm happy. It's tomorrow. Yes. So this, yeah, tomorrow's great. So we're living in the future right now. We are living 24 hours in the future right now. Cool. So we feels, go. It feels okay. Yeah. I, I feel like I. I feel like my body handled it pretty well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time travel. Well. You know what? Can I uh, probably shouldn't say Happy New Year to the Central because in Ontario... They don't deserve it. Well, in Ontario, we're on a 10 to 1 Eastern, so that's 7 that? to 10. Yeah, we'll just say what? Happy New Year to everybody. I'm just timing things out in my head. I talk aloud uh, when I time things oh, out. Oh, wait, you're saying your time 10... Yeah, so we're, we're well, on, look, I'm on Central. I'm on Central, so I'll let you know. No, when no, it's... no, no. Uh, because are we I, doing a countdown? No, we're not doing a countdown. Oh. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. Now we'll just Happy New Year are our way sure? through it. We'll just Happy New Year our way through it. Yeah, just when you say Happy New Year, I'll just drop in a Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. We'll support that. Yeah, I, I almost feel like we need some drinks. I have a drink. Should oh, I don't actually usually drink when we're when uh, when we're on uh, air because it's it starts pretty late for me and so I usually kind of maybe I'll have a drink in the last half an hour. I am this far into my bottle so far, and uh, I'll let you know how far I get by the end of the night. Well, you, you know said, what you just. You know, you live that uh, dream. Yeah, uh, so for our YouTube listeners, our Twitch listeners, and our digital radio listeners, I will not be live tomorrow. I'm actually going to take a night off here and uh, actually spend a night for me. Rest. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the way it's going to go. And, uh, oh, UFO Garage, Varla parties hard. <laughs> Rosé. Yes. Hey, that's little Benny Jenkins. <laughs> little Benny Jenkins from, from UFO Garage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There we go. So, I am literally, uh, Doug Ward in the other chat room, I'm having a drink. Doug, you're probably on moonshine right now, and I'm jealous of you, buddy. Yeah. He brews his own. Mm. Yeah. So, Doug Ward, I know you're listening on the Facebook. Make sure you have a shot of that beautiful moonshine for us, if you don't mind. We'd appreciate that. Uh-huh. Let's see here. Yeah, there's Super Duke. Uh, Rosé is not a Canadian wine. <laughs> It's pink. Pink. It's pink. <laughs> Smoky <laughs> Mountain Wanderer. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for our audience tomorrow, uh, Thomas Fessler uh, with Disclosure Tonight will be on live 
and uh, as well as, I believe, uh, Sonny from Paranormal Chop Shop and Chad Smith will be putting oh. on a live show as well. So Sorry, the Chad Smith? The Chad Smith, yes. Okay. We'll be putting on a live show as well, so we <laughs> ask all of our audience members, if you're looking for a show, uh, go support one of these two shows because they are incredible uh, shows and incredible people. So uh, we don't want you supporting anybody who's going to, you know, want to flick you in the forehead or anything like that. No, we want good, you to support good shows out there. Chris Holm, how are you, man? And oop to Joe's Maine, you've got monsters in your forest. Yeah, you do, Joe. Mm. Yes, you do. If you want to know what oob means, spell it backwards. I do. Spell it backwards. Boo? Yeah, boo. <laughs> cool. It's that simple. All right. Yeah, sometimes those inside jokes really are the most path of least resistance. What gets you there? We got 20 seconds. Big thank you to Smithy, Nicola, Phil, Ed, Horror Realm, 405er, and Thomas for the great super chats. Thank you so much for your love and support of SOR. We really do appreciate it. And don't forget this weekend, guys, Lynn Wallington will be live on Saturday and Sunday and the After Hours show after Lynn. So make sure you go support Lynn because we love her. Hi, gorgeous dirt road. Here we go. Second half hour of Spacedown Radio's New Year's Eve show is underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth as we get for another rotation of the calendar. Yes, 2022. What can we do to make it better? Well, let's start off by loving one another a little bit more. How about that? All right. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and now on TikTok. At Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Varla Ventura and our cryptid world. Varla is here each and every month to talk about the monsters that walk among us. And she's got some favorites that she likes to talk about. Whether it's pukas, changelings, vampires, goblins, witches, you name it, she loves it. Including the mermaids and merman. Merman. You can find all of Varla's books at any major bookstore, as well as her website, varlaventura.net. The lovely and talented Varla Ventura. How
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How are you? I'm great. That was a wonderful intro. That's the way I do it. Merman. Merman. That is one of the greatest lines ever from <laughs> Zoolander. Merman. Merman. All right. Uh, really? Here we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? What's next? It's Monsters Talk. You know, oh. people always ask me every time we're going to bring on, are you going to talk mermaids? I know you're tired of talking mm. mermaids. I never, no, no, no. I never tire of talking about mermaids. Never. Sure. <laughs> sure. I don't. I love, it's one of the best topics in the known universe. Well, let's talk mermaids and merman. I don't know. I don't really feel like it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> just kidding. Just that was kidding. A good no, talk. I love mermaids. I good love talk. Mermaids. Good talk. Yeah. What do you What do you think these truly are? Do you think there, there's actually mermaids out there, or do you think that you know, as some people obviously who have you know must be half blind think that manatees are mermaids and other sea creatures or mermaids always kind of bugged uh, me. Okay. Well, the sea is very disorientating, right? Like we know that. And, and you put yourself on a ship for long periods of time where you're basically drinking grog or rum because the water's not safe or you're drinking tainted water and you're a little bit seasick. Turns out you didn't have great sea legs and you're, you've been at sea for a long time. And then you look out and you see something that you've never seen before. Right. Like a lot of the sailors who their first accounts of mermaids when they were coming from the old, the old, quote unquote, old world to the new world. Uh, hello. They were all existing at the same time. But still. Right. So as they're like sailing uh, out, they're seeing something that they've never seen before. They've, they're seeing something that has been in magical legend for centuries. And then they see these tales that look whoa, an awful lot like the mermaids that, you know, Joe's grandpa told, told us about. So, yes, those were dugongs in the South Pacific and uh, manatees 
uh, around the um, Florida coast and the, the southern coast of the United States and down into Florida, there's the manatee population. So, yes, some mermaid. Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes after a long time at sea, you've got a little bit of scurvy. You're a little tired of your shipmates. You might look over and see a manatee and think that you're seeing a beautiful mermaid. Okay, so we'll we'll acknowledge that. We'll acknowledge that there. <laughs> that's are that's some, some ugly mermaids right there. Some <laughs> ugly, ugly <laughs> mermaids. We, we've got to acknowledge that there are some false mermaid sightings, of course. However, and obviously, I wrote a book about mermaids, so I'm a believer in mermaids. But I think we all would not be surprised by that at this point. I do believe that mermaids, and one of the things, you know, kind of we were talking earlier about what, what's changed this year in terms of monsters and, and um, my research. And specifically, one of the things that's changed is my understanding of why mermaids have been so dismissed over the centuries as being not real, I mean, honestly, I, I will tell you, when I, I wrote that book, I was well immersed in the pagan community, and I was well immersed in the paranormal community, and I had, I had written other books, I had been on, on numerous shows talking about them, and people had been sending me their stories, and as soon as I put a call out for mermaid stories, for quite some time, I got radio silence. And I had a friend, who he's a comedian, he said, wow, if the witches and the pagans are drawing a line in the sand, what does that mean? And it was true. People, people were embarrassed. Like everybody, everybody loves mermaids, but they're embarrassed to, to, to admit that they really believe that they're real. Well, I personally am not embarrassed to admit that because I know that they at least at one point were much more prevalent than they are today. I can't guarantee that you would ever see one in the in current times. It, it just might not happen. Mermaids, and this this gets back to the thing that I kind of learned, and that is people who are on who are just listening on the radio. I just did air quotes around learned because you know I'm making fun of myself. Anyway, uh, <laughs> mermaids um, were persecuted as witches, and there's a huge tie-in with the witch, um, the, the, the witch persecutions in medieval Europe and uh, the decrease in actual mermaid sightings around that time. And there's actually a lot of additional um, information that I found where um, there are stories where women were believed to be witches, but also they were called mermaids sometimes. And they had a knowledge of the sea and they had a knowledge of medicine and they were um, sometimes suspected to be mermaids. And this was kind of immersed in the folklore, but I found more and more sort of overlapping ties to that. And it, it made me really realize that it's entirely possible that one of the reasons that we don't see mermaids as frequently anymore um, is they were heavily persecuted during the witch craze. I mean, this, this was a time when if you were thought to be anything other than an absolute normie, I mean, honestly, everyone listening right now and you and me, Dave, we probably all would have been burned at the stake. 
that that like any anyone who had any kind of deviant thought beyond the um, institution would would be persecuted. And um, women in particular who had knowledge of medicine or had knowledge, that was not a no-no, but who had knowledge of medicine and um, plant medicine in particular were often persecuted. Mermaids were um, among that. And so I do think that the mermaid sightings have decreased after that time. Again, back to the learning in 2021, um, there's also the... uh, the the man in MacLear who is kind of like the son of the sea god and he in Celtic mythology actually provided all of the fairy folk with a cloak of invisibility aka a, a, a mist which allowed the fairy folk to this day allows them to hide themselves and allows them to shroud themselves so that the jerks don't persecute them and try and like put them in a trap or put them on display um, in a circus. So, um, I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of a new, a new take that I've been, um, a new road I've been going down with mermaids and the connections to witchcraft and, um, yeah, just how I think that they're totally real. I I don't know (laughs) how I would react to seeing one. But I mean, we don't. Oh, I think we, you'd we don't love it. No, because I'd probably want to jump in the water, and then I'd be attacked. You don't like the sea, yeah? You don't like the sea, so no. that could be, yeah. No, Dave's not going so, in the ocean. No, Dave doesn't go in the ocean. There's, I love the ocean, yeah, you and can I go. and I will swim in the ocean. Of yeah, I grew up. Will. I grew up in the ocean. Yeah, so. yeah, you go, you go. You grew up in in Northern California, where there's a lot of great white sharks. A lot of rip, Very a lot scary. of rip tides yes. and ebb tides that pull you under. Horrible rip tides. Uh, tiger Absolutely. sharks, killer Creepy whales, fingers. Yeah, octopi and <laughs> everything. Trying to giant Pacific squids. Yeah, yeah, and we uh, have it all. yeah, no, not me at all. You you can take the ocean and you can do whatever you want with it. Don't bring me. Don't. Gonna just, Fine. I love the ocean. Don't get me wrong. I love the ocean. I'm just not going in the ocean. All right. All right. Uh, okay. We're moving. Not even toes. Not even toes. No, no, because you're deep enough. Haven't you seen the killer whales come up on shore and, and grab the seals? Okay. That's what's going to happen to me. Gonna ha- no, that is not going to happen to you. You never know. You never know. All of a sudden, you actually, get... I do know that is not going to happen to you. <laughs> Look, uh, that's my prophecy for 2022. Okay, you okay. are not going to be eaten. That by guy, a whale. that guy in <laughs> Provincetown, Massachusetts, earlier this year, who was scuba diving in Great White territory for lobsters. Why he would even do that is absolutely dumb. Because when you go to Provincetown, Massachusetts, and you walk anywhere close to the water, they got giant signs there that state, this is great white shark territory. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well. No, no. Hear me out for a second. You have to have a healthy respect of the ocean. Yeah, that's fine. I don't think you just go willy-nilly in there. So dude dude who goes, you know, in great white shark territory to go hunting lobsters with his hands... Get swallowed up by a humpback whale. Yes, true story. 
he got sw- the humpback whale came in. I guess was was looking for some krill and had its mouth open and swallowed him. It's like swooped him right out. Yeah. So the guy is literally quoted as saying, "Look, I, I, I for about thirty seconds there, I thought the, the, this was it. I thought this was it." And then the whale let him go. I'm yeah. not. I'm not taking. It can't that chance. digest a human. I'm not taking that chance, Farla. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Not taking that chance. You know, with my luck, Wally the Walrus will be swimming around, see Dave flapping around in the water, and all of a sudden say, oh, he looks cute. Look at his look at his uh, tusks hanging down, which is my handlebar mustache. All right, like no, no, no. <laughs> Question from Joe: Are there any snow cryptids or monsters actually made of snow? Okay, so just before the holidays, I did some research specifically on like winter monsters and there were several and now I have to try and remember the names because several of them were, were relatively new to me, but I know that there were at least two that were from the North, like Alaska. There was one from Alaska and one from the Northern, um, the far Northern parts of Canada into the Arctic circle. And they were both, kind of similar in that they were they appeared to look I, I I apologize that I don't remember the names because they were pretty new to me um, but they were essentially <laughs> I, I actually view them as a physical manifestation of hypothermia because one of them was known to tickle you to death that was actually what happened if you stayed out too long and this monster came that was like this horrible kind of gnarly winter beast. It would come and it would tickle you to death, which I, I don't know that I've never quite gotten to the point of, um, you know, near death from hypothermia, but I have been in States where I have, you know, you, you get to a point where you're, 
your mind kind of just loses it a little bit. You're, you're deprived of oxygen, you're deprived of warmth, and you may start to laugh. That, so I think that, to me, that was a physical manifestation of hypothermia. And then there was another one that essentially just came around and made terrifying sounds and basically kept you in, inside because if you went out, there would just be sudden death. And I don't, but, but both of them were like kind of Arctic circle monsters that were, I was not familiar with before, um, before kind of like looking into it a couple months ago. And, and, uh, I will try and find somewhere I, I took notes and my notebook is across the way there. So I'll, I'll grab that because, um, they were pretty scary actually. And, um, now that I live somewhere that actually gets in- incredibly cold, like below zero, I have a healthier respect for that kind of monster that's out there. But I do want to say something about mermaids, just getting back to the ocean for a second. <laughs> I do think that there is an element of, um, oxygen deprivation. Now I'm not going to scientifically explain this away. It's actually, I think, evidence um, for the existence of mermaids. But for, okay, so the, the ocean is very disorientating, right? We know that the, the sound of the waves, I myself have been snorkeling and, and totally think that I'm in one place and then you pop your head up and you're, you're honestly like way far out and much further from your dive partner than you realize. Happens all the time. So it's very easy to get disorientated in the ocean. So you have that, you have the beautiful sway of the kelp, you have all of these things. And then you have the idea that as you're drowning, you are losing, um, you know, you're, you have complete oxygen deprivation. And so when you have oxygen deprivation, you hallucinate. Okay, so you see a mermaid as you're dying, and then perhaps you're rescued. In in my mind, that that place when you are actually oxygen deprived, I don't think that that means only that, okay, well, medically you were hallucinating. I, I think that hallucinations are actually little holes that are poked into the other world. And I think that that's why some people ritualistically use hallucinogens to contact the other world and that there are other ways to do that. I am not advocating anybody go out and, you know, start practicing asphyxiation I'm just saying, I think that oxygen deprivation is one of the facets that allows you to see into that other world for better or for worse. And I think that that space of near death is where mermaids live. It's where, um, you know, it's where changelings live and pukas live and all, and, and Bigfoot all, they all live in this sort of near death space that we sometimes have to put ourselves into extreme situations in order to see. Unless, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, you have the gift of the sight, which means that you've you've actually had this experience without having to deprive yourself of the um, basic tenets of survival, such as oxygen. Yeah, you kind of need that. Yeah, you need oxygen, right? Definitely. All right, let's move on to another question here from Joe. Do mermaids really have bras made of seashells? Of course not. Of course they don't. They go bare-breasted. 
I think the, the, the shells were popped on there probably, I would say, in about 1850 when the Society for the Suppression of Moral Vice came around and started telling women they couldn't show ankles. And then, of course, you cannot have these depictions of uh, fertility goddesses, mermaids from around the world. They have to be covered up immediately. Interestingly, um, I actually recently read an article in a uh, magazine. It's the Archaeology Ireland. That's pretty interesting. But it was talking about the, um, uh, she, the I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but they're the Sheena Gags, which are like basically these sort of female um carvings and rocks that look very much like open like they have their legs spread and they kind of look like it's like an open womb situation and there's a lot of confusion about what they actually originally were for because um at some point the church started calling them disgusting and started saying that there were these like horrific abominations because it showed like women not subservient basically and they completely, um, they, they tried to wipe them out, but in that process, they used the wrong word. And so this word that was used um, was a slight derivation of uh, sorcerer. And so this person's article was actually very insightful because they were speculating that by this very, it was basically, a, they, they misused the Irish word, the, ga the Gaelic. And that it meant something entirely different. And then it became associated with witches and then it became evil. And then they started to like, kind of, you know, like cover them up and scrape them off and like stick a cross in front of them. <laughs> so for that very same reason, you popped seashells over nipples. Same uh, reason. There you go. Ryan, as we got about three, New Year's Eve. three, year, three <laughs> minutes to go here before we reach the top of the hour, Ryan is asking a brand new listener to our chat room. Very excited to be here listening to you and I right now. Is there any difference between mermaids that live in fresh water and those in salt water? Yes. Um, Dave, you'll have to like give me a signal to cut me off here because this is... Um, so, um, and I, I actually explored this a lot in my book because I did include freshwater quote-unquote mermaids. But really what the freshwater kind of half mermaid um or kind of mermaid hybrids they're um they're a kind of like you know water spirit so anytime you have water basically anywhere especially in cultures where water comes from a well or a um a natural spring you will have a spirit associated with that particular spot and um they come in all different forms. They, they, they are in lakes and they um, are also in um, streams and rivers. Um, in, for example, in uh, Russian mythology, you have the sort of Ruskalis, which is this very craggy kind of mermaid river creature that loves to drown people who get too close. But some people she really likes, so she's pretty like cool with them. Um, so there's a, there are a variety of water-dwelling spirits, um, the Lorelei in the Sine River, the legendary Lorelei, and a lot of them have the ability to sort of echolocate the way that mermaids do and create sound off of the rocks and the waves. So there's a lot of different kinds of mermaid-like creatures, but in my in my research, what we think of as a mermaid, uh, they're primarily seen in salt water. So, there you go. 
Well, you timed yourself out. We you had like another forty five seconds. Well, I'm good. Well, <laughs> we appreciate. I can that. keep going. I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, when we come back from the break, we are going to keep it open to the audience. We're going to let Ooh. them dictate where we're going to go with tonight's show. So we're going to continue with their questions because you know what. They're asking some great yeah. ones right now, so why yeah. not just let the roll happen? Let the roll happen as we rock and roll. Say good night to 2021 and good morning to 2022 in just a short period of time. What a great year it has been for us here at Spaced Out Radio to have the legendary Varla Ventura with us, one of the best authors when it comes to everything to do with monsters legends folklore i mean she is literally one of the best the fact that we get to have her here once a month on this show is just a true delight to not only myself as a host but to all of our listeners as well varlaventura.net is her website you can find all of her books on any major bookstore and Online, on Amazon, wherever else. Father Ventura continues with us with Hour 2 of Spaced Out Radio. Happy New Year, everyone. Get ready to blow your horns. We'll be back. We're clear. Clear. <laughs> Zap them again. Do you know what that's from? <laughs> no. Guns N' Roses, Coma, you hear in the mm. background, they have a doctor oh. saying, Claire! And then you hear this demonic voice, zap him again. <laughs> and then, he doesn't look like he's going to make it, he's not going to make it, Claire! Zap the son of a bitch again. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. All right, Bob Birkins, how are you? Uh, Jeff Steve Garvey, Cat Chaser, thank you for the awesome super chat. Uh, gorgeous Gypsy Road will take me home. There you go. You Cinderella there. Uh, Bear Eats Beats, welcome to our channel. And who else is new? I'm, I'm behind in the chat room right now, guys. So right now I'm... Uh, oh, look who it is. It's little Ronnie Murphy, otherwise known as the Crypto Guru. Taking it in tonight. I know for a many a time already, when Varla speaks... Ron is probably rubbing his beard like this, going, yes, yes, <laughs> I know it. I've channeled it. There we go. Love me. See? Look right there. Yes. That would have been when you were talking. Wow. That, that was totally coincidence right there. Bigfoot Rob, thank Just you so much predicted. for the love, man. Oh, yeah. How well do I know I, the guru, man? Dave, I'm going to... Um, you go. Just, yeah. <laughs> you go. Oh, uh, there's my favorite moonshiner, Doug Ward. There he is. I'll mute you, Varla, right there. I'm getting caught up here, guys. Uh, let's see here. Mm, Spooky Morales! Oh, it's Black Dragon's birthday! Happy birthday to you! 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Black Dragon. Happy birthday to you. All right. One of our favorite veterans who listens to this show, Black Dragon, right there. Happy birthday and lots of love from all of us at Spaced Out Radio, my friend. Uh, Hi, gorgeous Teresa. How are you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Too much information. What's happening, TMI? Hi. Hi. (laughs) I have to tell you what my, Dave, I have to tell you what my son said earlier. I was like, okay, I got to think about, you know, what happened in 2021. This is the final Mm -hmm. show of the new year. I got to think about what happened in 2021. I was like, I was kind of sitting there like completely just like an idiot. Like couldn't think of anything. And he said, mom, just... When in doubt, default to witches. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I birthed the best child. Your <laughs> son's a, a goalie. Advice. Your son's a goalie. That's all I'm going to say. in doubt, default to witches. I'm going to make that a shirt. <laughs> I'm putting that in the store. Hello, Zune. Yes. Oh, let's see here. Dave, you're the best. You are the best. So, where are we going to stay in Vegas? I don't the know yet. One? I'm going to have uh, have it all the planned out. One? Lynn Wallington and I are going to plan it all out this weekend. Cool. And, okay. uh, um, Conca, welcome to the show. And we're going to plan it all out on the weekend. We're, yes, the crypto guru Ronald Murphy says... He's coming to Vegas April 22nd to 24th. Yeah. I'll make sure that I can, yeah, I can, I can be there. Good. I'll just make sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll come back early from Scotland. But what, another thing we're thinking of doing is. British Columbia. <laughs> yeah. I love British Columbia for the record. Yeah. Well, another thing we're thinking of doing is we are thinking for our listeners is actually um, putting together a couple of live shows that Lynn will do. We'll rent a conference room. Now, I am Mm going to have to charge for that uh, per person in order to cover the cost for the, the, uh, like everything else is free and we're giving away free swag bags to our, you know, first 50 or 100 people who get there. But... um, we're thinking of actually doing a couple of live YouTube shows uh, from yeah. from the the our our gathering, and uh, we'll rent a conference room, and uh, probably going to be like I don't know, cheap, like ten twenty bucks a person, depending on the cost of the conference room for four hours a day. Because we I'll need do an, things uh, for you, whatever, just whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Mm-hmm. So within reason, yeah. <laughs> Well, the boys from UFO Garage, Joe and Ben, are going to be there as well. So that's going to be really cool. So this is basically a conference. No, no, it's a get-together. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a gathering. No. no, no, we're not doing a conference. We're doing a gathering. Now, yeah, I like now, gatherings. Now, if, if we have success this year, 
Yeah. We may do something the following year. Uh, quickly here, a big, th- big thank you to Smithy, Nicola, Phil, Ed, Horror Realm 405, Thomas, Guillerme, Sugar Britches, Cat Chaser, and Bigfoot Rob for the amazing Super Chats. I love you guys so much. Here we go with Hour 2, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is underway tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Happy New Year to everybody tuning us in. I hope you have a wonderful 2022 as we get to ring it on in together. And thank you so much for tuning us in in 2021. We really do appreciate it. want to remind you that all of our archives are free. All you got to do is go to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Just do me the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Including rocking out to Bubblefoot, reading up on Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Varla Ventura and our cryptid world. Varla has been an amazing guest this year as coming on once a month to talk all things monsters with you. We absolutely love her around here. She is one of the top. You can find all of her books at any major bookstore as well as online at places like Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Varla, welcome back. (laughs) Thanks. I have a... Thanks so much. I have a... Oh, go ahead. Finish up. No, no, no. You. Oh, no. You. Oh, no. It's your night, Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) How do you know I've been TikToking a lot lately? Yeah. Tone it down. I know. (laughs) I know. Uh, Start off with a question from the lovely and talented Nicole Sackage. And she wants to know what your thoughts are and what you know about unicorns. Oh, unicorns. Yeah, I mean, I feel like unicorns are a little bit just even like the next level of belief beyond the mermaids, right? Like, it's sort of dismissed as something that little girls like. Now, I will briefly go on a rant about that, if I may, Dave. Please. Okay, I do think that mermaids and unicorns, the fact that they are thought of as something that are cute and um, possibly like kind of charming but not real, does speak to the level at which our society dismisses um, the feminine, the divine feminine, but also just the young feminine. So that kind of makes me mad, of course, because there's no reason to do that. And it's basically just born out of jerk dumb so so i will say um when it comes to unicorns one of the things that i think really happened with unicorn lore is that during the um, middle ages you had some uh travel to other continents including africa where there are rhinos And I do think that people saw creatures that they didn't understand and corresponded with people in a language they didn't understand and came back and recorded things that were then sort of passed on in a fisherman's.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Story type way. Well, it was, uh, it was this and then it was this. Having said that, There is an island, um, the Isle of Man, and that is believed to be the island that is Avalon. And if you're not familiar with Avalon, it's basically the door to the other, the other world. Madden McAleer shrouds the entire island in this cloak so people can't find it because there's, you know, <laughs> I don't want jerks to be the main topic tonight, but there's so many jerks, you know. So you kind of sometimes you got to have a shroud. So I feel like the, um, the mythical unicorn, the truly magical unicorn, really can only exist in the other world. And during the times in which it might show itself to actual, you know, human beings, um, there was so much just persecution of anything that was believed to be. It wasn't just persecution like, hey, I don't believe that exists. It was... I want that. That horn is going to make me the biggest man in town. Literally, it was, you know, the horns of narwhals and unicorns, um, rhinos, elephant tusks. All of those things are still harvested today, in particular um, as a means of, um, yeah, enhancement, male enhancement. So there's a connection there with the destruction of something that is magical and sacred in order to kind of, you know, become the king. Okay, so I do think that there is a mythical unicorn. I also know that there are many um, animals that have mutations. And so there are a lot of horned animals uh, that have a mutation that would then make them have only a mono horn instead of two horns. Just as in many indigenous cultures, especially in North America, if there is a derivation where an animal is, um, a, you know, a white animal, completely white fur, when it is, you know, such as a white bear that is actually a, a brown bear that has turned white or a white buffalo or a white animal that, you know, otherwise has pigmentation, Instead of looking at that as an anomaly and something strange and um, something weak, 
it was looked at, it is looked at with reverence. And I think that that's the same thing with the unicorn, that pagan cultures in Europe looked at a derivation in what was normal for nature and realized that that derivation was something sacred and particularly um, magical. So that's why I think the unicorn exists, existed, and actually has magical powers because it's not like everything else. Lala is asking, didn't they find a real unicorn recently, but it didn't look like what we thought it did? That I do not know about. Um, I, I haven't, I, I, I'm very, very skeptical, especially of late. I would say in the last three years in particular, I'm very skeptical of things that I see or read on the internet that make claims. And I say that as a full on the wooest, wooier in all of Woo Town, right? Like I completely, uh, there's a lot of woo going on in here. But I, I, I am also incredibly skeptical and cynical when I see things in non-reality, like a easily doctored video. So I'm, I'm not really sure about that. But um, I will say that I think in nature, when there is a, what is, the, what is a mutation that actually is often mutated into something that is a strength for survival. So I think instead of looking at it as something that is, completely like weird and wrong if we look at things that are different as strengths then you know that is part of the the um, belief and understanding of of the magic of a unicorn in itself so makes sense makes sense all right let's get to another question (laughs) here uh is asking if not a secret what spells are saved on your rings Protection, wards, banish, support, others? Mm. That's actually a no, good it's question. Not, it, that's a cool question. And also, um, I have a good New Year's spell. It's real easy that anyone can do. So I'll say that after. Um, I rotate a lot of my rings, and I do choose my rings based on the stones. But I have to tell you that... of the rings I wear have been given to me. And so they kind of come with, um, they they come with something. And I have a practice if I, okay, Dave, if I, if I want to give you a piece of jewelry, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wear it for at least two weeks. And I'm just going to think awesome things about you and how awesome you are and how great I want you to succeed and the things that I, that I want you to get. And then when I see you, I'm not going to give it to you in some like, crappy little box with like a bow, I'm going to, you know, pull it off my finger and hand it to you. And then you're going to have the spell that's in the ring. And so luckily for me, I have um, several people in my life that offer me things that are totally protective and awesome and empower me. And one in particular, Pirate Chris, one of my oldest friends, he and his wife always bring and send me things that surround me with love and protection. So having said that, I'd say most of my rings are protection. Um, yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Cool question. Very cool that, question. I, I no would have ever never asked me that before. I would have no never thought about that. that. Never, uh, never, ever. Uh, now I owe that. you a ring, Dave. Mm. <laughs> 
I look would out, wear, Vegas. I would wear that. Yeah. I would wear I that. So what's this New Year's spell? Oh, New Year's spell. It's so simple. It's so simple. Anyone can do it. It's, it's almost not. It's so simple. It's almost not even a spell. But I'll tell you it works because I did it last year. So no matter where you are, no matter who you're with, at midnight, as you're passing into the next year, you can do your merry little countdown and all of that. But what you want to be doing is what you want to do more of in that year. So, for example, okay, we can take this all kinds of, you know, raunchy directions if we want. But, for example, I will give you a very clean example. I, last year, at and, and this is why it works. Because um, you, I was with a group of people and I said, hey, you guys, at midnight... I think what we should all do is stop what we're doing and do something that we want to do more of in the following year. So if that's, you know, take shots in the kitchen, fine. You can, you can totally do that. Um, for myself, I stopped a couple minutes before midnight. I pulled out my journal and I just wrote, I probably wrote complete and utter gibberish of something that would be embarrassing and I never want to read again. But the point was, my pen was hitting the paper and I was writing at that moment. Other people in the group did very different things. Um, one person started playing the guitar. Another person was singing. So the idea here is basically that at midnight, you try and invoke what you want to do more of. It's, it's, not, even a re- it's not a resolution. Because resolutions, like all rules, are made to be broken, Right. But something that you actually say to yourself, I want to do more of this, and I'm just going to freeze time for one minute or two minutes or five minutes, and I'm going to do that thing, then um, it brings more of it into your life. And it worked really, really well for me. I have had the most productive year writing than I, that I've ever had. And um, I know it seems like, you know, I would have a, I would have a book out of that, but I do, I have multiple books, but it just was a commitment to your, it's a commitment kind of thing. So that's the intention behind magic. And, you know, you can make any kind of variation of that you want. Everybody can light a candle, do whatever you want. But the point is that whatever you want to do in 2022, do it at midnight as you're passing into 2022. And uh, yeah, and hopefully you'll, you'll get that. Does it bring abundance in anything you ask for? Yeah, you can totally chill on the couch. If what you want is just more rest in 2022 and more time to yourself, you can do that. You can just chill. My, um, I remember last year, my son, he just read. He loves to read. It's his favorite activity in all the universe, even over hockey, I would say. And he just read. I was like, great, this works out well. I write, you read. This is really, you know, this is, this is good. And that's what we did. And as I said, someone else in the group um, composed a song. Someone else, really, there, there were a couple people who were just like, I just want to have casual chat. You know, I just want to have drinks and, and company. Which, you know, as we know, with COVID and everything, we've been deprived of a lot of those the basic things that we took for granted. So it's, it's actually really fun and it's fun to kind of like bring that to people and say, Hey, what do you want to, what do you want more of? 
Now, I cannot be held responsible for what people do or say at midnight on New Year's Eve. I will, um, full disclaimer, Space Out Radio is not responsible for what you do Thank you. and what you do more of. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I appreciate the fair warning there that we cannot be yeah. blamed. We cannot I be mean, blamed. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People could be doing all kinds of things. True. Yeah. So that's real simple, and you can just kind of, it's very casual. It's, it's even good if you, if you do it, you can do it alone, which is nice, because I think a lot of us will probably be alone on New Year's Eve, or with very few people, um, which is a disappointment, because, of course, I like that somebody said, it's not a conference, it's a party. I like that. Ian is asking, what is a jinx? It's a curse. It's basically another another term for a curse. And uh, yeah, if you think you've been if you think you've been jinxed, I think that um, people usually associate that specifically with the Roma, um, the jinx. The um, but it also has some, um, at least in terms of word origin, some connection to the jinn, who are genies, and you know are actually thought to be um not i wouldn't say evil but they could certainly be troublemakers and they can bring you know we we think of the genie that grants the the wish but the jinn are not to be messed with and um you absolutely have to treat them with respect and know what you're getting into because they can also very easily ruin your life and so i do think that there's some word connection with that but a jinx is basically a curse it's uh, it's another word for someone um, blaming someone else for their bad luck. Hmm. I'm more into curses myself. I mean, you know. I... Tell us about if a good curse. Be. Tell us some if cursing. What would you curse? What What would I curse? Yeah. Or who or how would I well, curse? I don't want to know who because that could get me into trouble. Yeah, it could. 
It could get you into legal trouble. No. <laughs> how or how would you do you want to know how to go about cursing someone? I can say that in a pretty ambiguous way. That ambiguous. Won't get anyone Let's into be trouble. ambiguous. Yeah. Ambiguous curses. I'm all about it. Okay. So you get yourself preferably a black candle, right? That's the main thing. And I, and I, I want to say this. Here's the disclaimer. I am not the kind of person that is opposed to curses, but I do recommend that you think very, very long and hard about the curse. Because as a person who has been wronged numerous times in her life and who has the instinctive reaction to like put a knife to someone's throat, but actually doesn't do that with magic, intention is everything. And so I'm not saying you shouldn't curse someone. What I'm saying is when you go to curse someone, know exactly why and believe that they are truly deserving. Believe that in a rational state of mind, not a state of anger, not a state of vengeance, uh, which usually, I don't know, for me, that takes a few days, you know? And um, so anyway, you, you got your target. <laughs> ambiguous cursing you got your target and then you get your candle i recommend a black candle and i'll tell you my favorite place to get candles in the entire universe is uh, a store called hex run by a wonderful amazing warlock and uh, two amazing warlocks actually i should say um brian kane and christian day they have um, a store in Salem, a store in New Orleans. It's also online. You can go to Hex. And they just, I'll tell you, as, a, as proprietors of magical goods, they're one of the only ones I actually trust without actually going in store and selecting items. So um, you can go to Hex and you can order um, Hex candles or you can just order black candles. Black is good because it's very infinite. And, and remember, black is the collection of all colors. It's all the things. So once you have set your mind to a curse and you are willing to culminate all the things that that entails, including the energy that you're putting out that could potentially come back to you, then you can proceed with your curse. Take precautions. Cast a nice little circle doesn't necessarily need to be of salt, but it needs to be a, at least you, you need to dedicate several minutes to creating some kind of shield around yourself, wear your magical jewelry, get that all together. And then you carve the person's name with a little, I used just use a toothpick. You carve it into the candle. You carve it into the side of the candle, but here's the thing. You have to, this is just one curse of many, there, there are many others, but you, you have to um, let that candle burn all the way down. So I personally, if, you know, I recommend a slightly smaller candle, like I would get like a small votive candle or a thin sort of pillar candle because no one wants to be sitting out in the cold watching their candle burn down uh, uh, some, you know, amazing 10 hour candle. So you put the name in there. Yes, you can, you can write some reasons or, or write some things, but the, the, the key about cursing and, and I don't do that many curses. I actually do. I think I said earlier, I do more banishing because if you're to the point that I want to curse you, I'm just going to banish you. Like the, I'm not going to bother with the curse, but anyway, so you do your curse, you write the thing on there. You can kind of just, you know, give the person what you think they deserve 
burn that down. And then um, this is very important and something that, that actually comes up a lot. And I've had a lot of discussions with other people about what do you do with the, the detritus of magical activity? What do you do with the magical garbage? And I always like to bury it in the ground. But, you know, if there's snow, there are other options. Um, I wouldn't just chuck it in the trash necessarily. Uh, if you do need to just put it in the trash, do it in a ritualistic way, meaning gather all of the things that you did, maybe fold them up into some really nice paper or um, cloth. And as you're sort of like letting that go or throwing it out, that's also part of the curse and the ritual because that's kind of the protective part. And then when you're all done with that, go take a hot shower and then you're good to go. <laughs> Well, geez, what does the hot shower do? Well, you just need to have, like, a lot of people take a cleansing bath, but you need to have something that you got you to gotta wash that curse right out of your hair, you know? Now, now is there a special <laughs> shampoo you should use or conditioner? No, uh, the, the default for many people is salt. And the only reason I, I kind of say salt with any, with any reason why you wouldn't want to use it is that salt can be a repellent to certain, it can actually be a repellent to the dead and it can be a repellent to the fairy kingdom and can be used as a means of protecting yourself from that. And so I'm not, I'm not saying I don't use salt to ward things off, but if you use it, just, um, you know, make sure that you're, that you really know that what you're calling in to help you it, it, it likes salt <laughs> all right guess like a mermaid it's all about the salt <laughs> or is it is it i don't know is it garlic salt onion salt celery salt sea salt i don't know regular salt on what you're trying to ward off you know salt Vampires, rocks mermaids. i don't know so many different types of salts when we come back we're going to learn if there's any new stories about ghost sex. Yes! Varla Ventura, <laughs> our ghost sex expert, taking us into the new year, getting a little naughty and randy in the next half hour of Spaced Out Radio. VarlaVentura.net is her website. Stay tuned. Varla returns right after this. Claire, I gotta turn the Claire. I gotta turn the heater off. Hold on. Okay. Hey, Doug Stevenson. Hey, Doug Stevenson. Oh, what a good boy! What a good boy that Doug Stevenson is. What a good boy. <laughs> Spectophilia. Dave, I didn't know this actually. Until um, the uh, until the last time that we had a little ghost sex conversation, uh huh. But there's there's a there's actually a term for it. Well, hold on to that. Just shh. okay. It's really good. It's a really good term. You All right. Really like it. Yeah. Hold on to that. <laughs> oh, I just can't. Zune wants to know if normal salt is okay as a barrier or shield. 
I, I, it's generally salt is generally okay as a barrier shield unless you're working with the dead or fairies, and then um, that's then you don't want to use salt at all. I learned this from um, my friend Christian Day. I worked on his book, The Witch's Book of the Dead, and we revised it. He had he put it mm-hmm. out like ten years ago, and we spent the summer actually working on it. And uh, I learned a lot, a lot. He ha- it's it was ten years since he had first written it. He's learned a lot. His magical practice is is much more advanced. His knowledge of necromancy is much more advanced. And um, we were just kind of talking about the kind of offerings you could make to different deities, and we're brainstorming ideas and such. And that came up. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Up, And it was actually the first time that I had heard that not to use salt. And so then we kind of started exploring that a little bit more. And it's specifically if you're working with the dead or fairies, they just, and also like fairies. Okay. So you can use, um, like a lot of people use an, 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 a dagger, right? An athame. If it has iron in it, great. You can use it for like 90% of magical work. But if you're trying to invoke like the fairy kingdom, iron is a repellent to fairies. So there's just, you know, see how much I've learned in 2021. A lot. A lot. Nice. About, yeah, stuff I didn't know about. And I've been doing it for 25 years. 25 oh, I should years. have. Hold on. Hold on. I forgot about this. By the way, my daughter stole my Varla Ventura mug. Oh, well, that's an honor. Good. That's great. You could you can tell her that the designer is about her age actually. There you go. It's so cool cuz it looks like the anarchy symbol. I think I told you, right? My my nephew designed this and and I'll tell you something else. He is he is kind of I think he was 10 when I wrote the first book, The Book of the Bazaar. And he was sort of my target audience, I thought. And, you know, just he was one of those kids that at 10 loved to stay up late watching all the paranormal 
TV shows, love spooky things. And we would talk about that all the time. And so, um, he was really, he, he was instrumental. I would actually run all my ideas by him. And then later my nieces, when they were a little bit older, I would run ideas by them. Like I do with my son now, you know, it's like, Hey, does this suck? And then, you know, no one's, no one's more honest with you than their kids. But, um, you know, now he's 20, what year is it? 2021. He will be 22, 23 going into next year. And he's the one who designed this for me. So cool. I love your shirt. I want this shirt that says right drunk. Still. Oh, I, I love that. Right drunk and it's sober. I want that shirt. Yeah. I, well, you know what it means, though, right? So like, right drunk, edits over. It means, obviously, yeah, you can, like, write when you're drunk. And you want to be sober when you edit. But it also means, like, write free and uninhibited. And then edit with the mindset of, um, com- like, with a completely different mindset, right? With that sober mindset of... Um, you know, being able to be critical and accept criticism. Those are, those are very important things. I am so ordering this shirt right now. That is fucking awesome. (laughs) All right. Uh, Big thank you to Smithy, Nicola, Phil, Ed, Horror Realm, 405er, Thomas, Guillermo, Sugar, Britches, Cat Chaser, and Bigfoot Rob. Here we go with uh, the second half of the show. Here we go, everyone. Here we go. We passed the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much. For taking the time to join us, we really do appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and now on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. One of the hottest topics we're going to get into tonight <laughs> that we have all year with our guest, Varla Ventura. VarlaVentura.net is her website, so make sure you check it on out. The topic, ghost sex. Can ghosts have sex with human beings? What a great topic for a New Year's <laughs> Eve celebration. Varla, welcome back. Right. Now you know what you're going to be doing at midnight. Um, okay. So since the last time we talked about um, ghost sex, which I think, was that the last time, the previous uh, episode that couple, I was on? A couple episodes ago. Couple, couple months ago. Yeah. Um. So since then, it has been brought to my attention um, through an email that originally went into my spam filter <laughs> that there's a term for this. And then I looked it up and I'm just going to, you know, I'm not a huge, I, I, I think 
I, I actually think Wikipedia is a pretty cool resource and can be, um, can be well vetted because it takes a lot to, people have to be really dedicated to change things. But I never actually use it as a resource because it is malleable. And anytime someone else can come and interfere with the information you're getting, you can kind of assume that it's not completely trustworthy. Nonetheless, I don't know if this word is in the Oxford English Dictionary, so I'll read it to you from um, Wikipedia. Because this, again, this, uh, Dave, this is something that was new to me in 2021, this term. Oh, God, this this needs to be on a T-shirt, actually. <laughs> this is just a great word. Okay, I'm going to say it without messing it up. Spectrophilia. <laughs> Spectrophilia. <laughs> Spectrophilia. Spectrophilia is sexual attraction to ghosts or sexual arousal from images in mirrors. I'm just reading you here, as well as the alleged phenomenon of sexual encounters between ghosts and humans. And then there's there's actually a lot more stuff on the um, Wikipedia page, but I'll, I'll leave that for people to look up. It does talk about the succubus incubus kind of thing and the whole idea of, um, you know, that that's long been an idea of um, the mark of witches and um, that that witches were basically having they were cavorting and having sex with supernatural beings, um, particularly on the um, sacred holidays. And I am not here to to confirm or deny that practice. But I will tell you that um, I have been working on an episode of my own podcast specifically about the woman who we talked about in that episode a couple um, months ago. And that's Ida Craddock. And um, I went back and reread all of her materials. And just like quick recap, Ida Craddock came to my attention um, through actually uh, some writings of Aleister Crowley. But Ida Craddock was a sex educator um, who, you know, she was born in, I think, 1850. And, or eight, yeah, I think she was born in 1850. And so through her 20s and 30s in particular, she was an advocate of sex education. And her main message was... (laughs) you know, sex is enjoyable and should be enjoyable. And she provided advice to young men and women on their wedding night and what kind of, you know, what, what to expect and how, how to have a healthy sex life. And again, this is in a time when you weren't allowed to show like an ankle or a wrist bone, like that was considered risque. So, um, she was this really, really interesting person for a lot of reasons. And um, she was also heavily persecuted by a man whose, whose title, he was actually the um, postmaster general. And he was the head or the secretary of the Society for the Suppression of Moral Vice which was a U.S.-based way to, like, basically, like, a U.S.-based official killjoy for all things. And he really had it out for Ida Craddock. And eventually, because he was the postmaster general, he was able to trick her into distributing some of her materials through the U.S. mail. And he had, meanwhile, passed the Comstock law, which made it 
illegal to do so. So he kind of caught her in a trap, brought her to trial and um, for like the fifth time, and um, she was persecuted and convicted. And before accepting a life sentence in uh, an institution for being an outspoken person, an advocate of, um, you know, the freedom of women and their sexual rights, she took her own life. And she left a letter to Anthony Comstock on her deathbed. Anyway, so back to ghost sex. The cool thing about, well, this isn't the cool thing. The cool thing about Idocratic is that she was Idocratic and she was a revolutionary of her time. But she was not married and she also claimed to get all of her knowledge of from the um, of the marriage bed and sex from an angelic being named Soth. She was also, I have come to learn, a practitioner of um, uh, tantric yoga. So this is in 1850 in like Chicago. She basically had this um, this like place, this this office that you could come to for sexual counseling. And she practiced tantric yoga, and she practiced a lot of Eastern traditions, which were much more open to uh, sexuality and the expression of sexuality. So she really garnered all of her knowledge about sex through her spiritual practices. So because of that, she really, um, she really tapped into the idea of sex magic, which is what is essentially at the root of ghost sex. And that is an intimacy between an otherworldly being and a mortal being that can transcend time and space and provide us with extraordinary enlightenment. And according to Aleister Crowley, based on what he read um, of Idocratic's writings, because of course she died in, um, I think she was 30 or something when she died. So she died in like 1880s or something. And he came along and read her stuff in the turn of the um, 20th century in the 1900s. And he found that her works and at the core of much of Crowley's teachings, and he's come under a lot of, obviously a lot of criticism for this. um, There is sex magic at at the core of that. And so um, he found what her, what she had uh, discovered through contact with an angelic being was he, he thought that it was incredibly authentic and that she had tapped into something that people who are members of the OTO take um, years and sometimes decades to actually achieve that, um, that um, level of knowledge. So ghost sex and sex magic are deeply entwined. And it, it also ties in with the idea of having some kind of intimate relationship with the supernatural. Very so, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And pretty soon, fans will be able to get their Spectrophilia t-shirts at Space <laughs> Radio's <laughs> website coming up here momentarily. No, yes. I'm... And it was, it was like a graphic disclosure. Yes. It's a ghost. It's a yeah. ghost. You know, why not? I'm a Spectrophiliac. Well, I didn't look into more of that, but the mirror thing is... <laughs> interesting i thought oh okay all right so you maybe you're just a narcissist i don't know all kinds of things to unpack in that wikipedia page well it is something that is a very interesting 
part to everything, so why not? Why not? Yeah, but I do think I probably have been sent more ghost sex stories that haven't haven't uh, made it into the through the spam screening. So you have to put like a backwards E or something in there. <laughs> no. no, actually, if people have had that experience, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not making fun of it. I actually think that there are legitimate experiences that will provide us with another level of enlightenment and that this is one facet of the, of it. And I have, I have, um, I have heard here and there things that wouldn't necessarily be called ghost sex, but, but might kind of fall in that category, but yeah, totally, totally open to sharing your story as long as you're not being like a disgusting pervert and just sending me ghost sex stuff just to see what happens. Oh, come on. <laughs> Who does that? Who does that? Nah. That's why there's spam filters. Is it happening more often than what we think? Ghost sex? Yeah. Probably. Probably. I, I think it's probably another one of those things that it's it's a little embarrassing for someone to talk about or admit um, or really even know what is happening. And I think that one of the ways that you can identify if you are having some kind of paranormal or supernatural um, sexual encounter is, I mean, first of all, we think of sex in like really, really like base ways, right? We think like it's a very physical thing. So for us to wrap our minds around having a physical experience with something that isn't physical, it, it run, there's a lot of issues there, right? It runs into a lot of um, questions, like how can that be? So, but I do think that there's people who have probably had experiences that they can't quite explain and they, um, you know, that just, it's like a double whammy for things people aren't comfortable talking about. Sex and paranormal, you know, and then combine those two. And it's just, maybe that'll be the next book, Dave. That would probably be a bestseller. Ghost sex. Oh, why not? It, it, needs, a, it needs a better title than that. Spectrophilia. Why, though? Spectrophilia would be a, that'd even be a good band name. Yeah, that'd be a great band name. Great band name. Totally good band name. <laughs> I feel like at this point, we're just inviting lewd comments, so we can just accept that, right? <laughs> well, you know what? It is what it is. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you have to dare to be a little different. <laughs> it's not me. Yes, yes. It's not me. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's totally oh, not me. Layla B asked. <laughs> totally not me. But, I mean... I, I, I like that... Um, she says, have you heard any more stories of ghost sex since the last time you were here? And then she put like an angel emoji. <laughs> right. So great. That's how we yeah, roll here. I need to here. do more research into this actually and find, because I, I have, I have read stories of this and it, it's often shrouded in. So one of the things about um, ritual magic and initiatory magic that um, is kept for good reason at sort of like you know there's there's a there's a veil there is um to protect the people who practice that magic and also to kind of reward the people that are willing to go through the steps to um you know become initiates 
so, but at, at the core, there is, there are a lot of um, quote unquote secrets that um, are out there and that people have talked about, but it can be in a very convoluted way, especially when you start digging into Victorian era writings and you start dealing with people who are part of the spiritualist movement and, you know, conducting seances and making contact and also having an outlet for talking about things that they, they weren't allowed to otherwise discuss. So it's such a taboo subject though. It's double, it's double taboo. It's ghost and sex, which is why it's so interesting. Sex magic is very taboo, actually, and I think it, it freaks people out. And I think that, you know, as I said, Crowley came under a lot of cr- critique for sex magic and was said to sort of, you know, take advantage of women in particular. Um, I have a little bit of a different perspective on it. I, I, I think that the women were the ones who were actually running the show there. And that the women were the ones who were kind of holding on um, that magical community together. But there is something, I mean, it, it, there, there are things about sex magic that are at their very, very core, very base. They're, it's very base. And it really kind of throws people off because it, we are taught that sex is something that is, you know, behind closed doors and not something that we discuss in public and certainly not something that we discuss in a public ritual that isn't for, um, <laughs> that isn't for procreation, right? It isn't for like the purpose of making children or whatever, that it's actually for a ritualistic purpose. And it's, it's a deep topic and there's a lot of taboo around it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I have I, I have mixed feelings about it because I, I don't I have never been comfortable in a um, and I have been in situations, as you can imagine, I have been in situations that um, where sex magic was kind of the next thing that was going to happen in this um, uh, at this ritual. And, at, and but I will say it was 100% consensual and people were invited to stay or leave if they weren't comfortable. And a lot of people left and it wasn't a big deal. You could just leave. You didn't have to be part of it. And that was fine. You could still celebrate the holiday. So, you know, takes all kinds. <laughs> Everybody wants to know, but nobody wants to witness it. That's that's what it really comes down to. My goodness. Yeah, well, you know, it's often um, aging uh, magicians who practice it. So this is it's way really above my pay scale. <laughs> way above my pay scale. No, you need a Christmas. You need a New Year's bonus. I would hope so, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But that's okay. That's okay. Var- Varla Ventura. Maybe you'll. Maybe you'll win big in Vegas. You never know. You never <laughs> know. But nonetheless, I mean, how does somebody find themselves in this position? <laughs> I, I know it's a weird what? question. Well, what do you mean? What position? Like at a sex ritual, ritual that like, you don't no, want to be part it, of? Not sex ritual. I'm not getting into that yet. I'm oh, s- I'm saying like sorry. into the whole the ghost sex aspect. I mean, get your mind out of the gutter here, Varla Venture. I know it's how New does Year's. someone find themselves in 
the act of ghost sex? Not in the act, but it, how do they know it's happening? Like, how does it even happen? <laughs> like, expand my mind here. Okay. Like, I just don't, um, I just don't think, oh, yeah, Marilyn Monroe. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. <laughs> okay. So I, okay. I will give you the example. Um, so Idocratic's writing was extremely graphic. And bear in mind that the first time I read it, I thought, well, this is like, you know, it's not that really graphic. It's very cloaked in Victorian um, language. And then I read something else by her and I read it with uh, maybe a better grasp of that sort of language that she was using. And I actually read more of it and it is extremely graphic because she talks about, for example, um, and this is, I I'll, I'll give this away. I mean, I totally talk about this in my podcast. She she talks about how a on on the wedding night she has this like hilarious quote which is like basically and to the men don't get drunk on the wedding night because it's probably going to diminish you and it's already a situation in which you do not want to appear diminished and then she goes on to talk actually she uses words about genitalia that nobody was using in 18 18- 60 right she she uses the word clitoris and that was like yeah anthony comstock basically wanted to burn her at the stake for saying so so she was very graphic in her knowledge now a practical person could say idocratic didn't get that all from ghost sex she was actually a loose woman and she didn't want to admit it i believe that she garnered her knowledge from another place because she dedicated her life to it. And so because of that, um, she had access to these experiences. So, okay. So she said that he would come in, he, this angelic being who was named Soph, who she identified as a male angel 
would come into her room at night and like a shimmering light. And um, they, he would basically envelop her in his shimmering light. And that in itself became her, it, while she was in that trance state of being enveloped by an angelic being, she was able to understand the um, act of reaching ecstasy through physical sex. And that is how she garnered her knowledge from a ghost or another entity um, that it, it, this trance state that this visitation brought her to was equivalent to what people can experience when they are in that, you know, moment of intimacy. And she talked about that very explicitly. She, she talked about sex in some of her pamphlets and she talked about her spiritual experiences in separate pamphlets. So she didn't necessarily put that all, it's almost like she kept it out so that everyone could understand what she was talking about. Cause she was really just trying to offer practical advice, but she believed that this practical advice was coming from a divine place. And so in her instance, it wasn't like, you know, two people walk into a room and, and, you know, just go at it. It was a part of a ritual and a regular experience that she had that put her into a, a trance state that brought her to another dimension. And she was able to make contact with this angelic being in um, that form. So I, I actually think it's pretty rare that people can do that. And then on, in a, in, on top of that, I think it's even rarer that people admit that anything like that has happened. And, and for a variety of reasons, because if you start talking about it, you're basically opening yourself up to a bunch of like rude, lewd comments, right? Like that's one of the reasons that we don't talk about it. Um, so, I mean, you know, that, that happens. So I think you have that, you have the paranormal aspect of it. And um, yeah, I, I think if you found an, a more intimate group of people and we were able to talk about it, perhaps in person, you would you would probably get a lot more authentic accounts of what happened. But um, it's like we said, it's a double taboo. It's like talking about sex and talking about a paranormal experience and, and trying to make sense of it. But, you know, you reach a state of ecstasy without a physical person being there and without you physically touching yourself. There's an, there's another entity that is there. That's how she describes it. Actually quite explicitly how she describes it. So, well, there you go. There you, there go. you go. All right. So you too can have ghost sex if you try. By the <laughs> way, Spectrophilia uh, ghost sex shirts now on sale here momentarily. Yeah, nice. Yes. <laughs> yes, I found a nice design, put it on out there. Did that while I was talking, huh? <laughs> totally did that. Totally. Sometimes you have to work the idea. Yeah, yeah, you just got to work it out. You have <laughs> just to. Said, I miss acid. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Sometimes you have to. It just goes yeah. that way. Goes that way. We have you for another 30 minutes here mm. on Spaced Out Radio. That's all? That's it. More audience questions when we return with the awesome Varla Ventura on Spaced Out Radio. VarlaVentura.net is her website. We'll continue with the chat right after this hour three and don't forget dave 101 at the bottom of the hour we'll be back
Lavira Lucchini. Is vampire sex like ghost sex? It's better. <laughs> Way better. Dave, what, what's going to be your... <laughs> when daddy goes... Yeah, you just have to explain it. When a daddy goes, that's a mommy goes. Hello, Terry Brown. Um, that's cute. David Lopez, how are you? Zenzabil. Who else has showed up here? Hold on, let me get caught up in the chat room here. Pine Pine Island Research, how are you? And, uh, yeah, now we're caught up. Okay, great. Glad you caught up so quickly. Uh, God, I was going to ask you something. It wasn't about ghost sex, but it was, it was, it came into my mind when we were talking about that. Oh, Grant Roger, how are you? Don't know, Varla Ventura. Don't know. It was such a good question, too. It was about you. It wasn't about ghost sex. What was it? It'll come back to me. I don't know, but I am wearing my Varla Ventura hat right now. I love that you're wearing that. It looks really good on you. I think so. Love it. Mm-hmm, I think so. Mm-hmm. You come to Vegas, I'm going to bring this down so you can autograph it for me. If I come to Vegas, I'm going to bring hats. I will bring hats for... Well, Ooh, we could we could put hats and the swag bags. Okay. Are we gonna, you said you're going to do swag bags, right? Yeah, so this is what I'm going to do. The fir- uh, Once we set up our promo, the first 50 people who confirm with us that they are coming to Vegas, we will have a... We will have a, a grab bag for them. Cool. Yeah. Like at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can get a bag full of like diamonds. <laughs> oh, we're I'm I'm getting uh I'm gonna That's get great. I'm gonna get it. some Mighty Moose beard oil. Yeah, of course. You know? Oh, I'm finally gonna get to smell that in real life. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's going to have to wear it. Mm. It's probably good hair oil too, right? Like you can put it, you put it in your hair. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cedar breeze. No, that's not the name of it, but there's like good scents though. Yeah. We'll make sure Gary, the Dutchman makes us some. Yeah. Do it. Gary, the Dutchman. Uh, how many, Enzo, it's not about how many people I plan on bringing. It's it's all up to you if you want to show up. April 22nd to 24th is the weekend. It's a party weekend for us. We're just planning on what we're going to do, where we're going to meet. Uh, you, If you want to show up with us, you can. If you don't, you don't. All I'm saying is the first 50 confirmed people that we have saying that, yes, 100% we're going to Vegas, we're going to have grab bags for them. Well, thank you, gorgeous Kira, for that 2021 Super Chat. Appreciate that. Kira's going to be there in Vegas. Yes, she will be. And uh, Thurston Howell III. Joe, you're close enough to Vegas to drive. It's like five hours from you. Drive. I mean, that's the thing I just realized is if it came down to it, you know, I, I... Potentially could drive. Mm-hmm. Kind of a long drive. 
Just and I kind of hate driving, but it's a, I could do it. <laughs> Who's going to drive you home tonight? Doug tonight. Ward. Doug Ward, you better come to <laughs> Vegas, buddy. And <laughs> Doug Ward's going to drive me home. That's who. Doug that's Ward <laughs> is, is he, he's going to come and he's going to bring some of his famous homemade moonshine. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Tandrina, who is new to our chat room, uh, I'll save this question, but wants to know if mermaids and mermen reproduce by spawning like fish or do they have sex like humans? Don't answer that yet. We're going to come out of the break with okay. that question. Why not? Okay, I this, won't. The, 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 thanks to Lala B, this show has gone to hell in a handbasket quite quickly, and I love her I for know. it. I, I love, love her, her for, for it. it. Absolutely. Bring it. It's way better that way. Hey, Pine Island Research is in Minnesota. Oh, really? Wait, northern Minnesota? Oh, by the end of April. Yeah, you will have ca- So will I. I'll have cabin fever, too. My man. You're going to be on the same flight. My man, Jeffrey DeRuin in Texas, who literally runs trains all across the state, he's going to mm-hmm. be there. I know he is. I feel like we should have an identifier in case, you know, for when we, I guess the first 50 people will, because we can throw a hat in or something, and then everyone will be like, oh, you're here for the... For the woo fest. Yes. Of, of Joe, Joe Strelsky will be bringing his hair Welcome and beard. Yo, he's gorgeous. He's got some of the most, he's got the best hair and beard in ufology. I yes. can't, e- I can't even compete it's, with him. Videos <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, Mr. Bogey. Thank you for that. Awesome. Canadian super chat. Really appreciate that. My friend. That is awesome. Welcome to the channel with that beautiful super sticker. Thank you. And Surf Jar, thank you so much, buddy. And I want to say a big thank you to Kira, uh, Mr. Bogey, Surf Jar, Dry Toast, Rob, Cat, uh, Chaser, Sugar Britches, Guillermo, Thomas, 405er, Horror Realm, Ed, Phil, Nicola, and Smithy for the amazing super chats tonight. Really appreciate it. Here comes hour three, everyone. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor here comes the third and final hour of spaced out radio tonight my name is dave scott thank you so much for taking the time to join us we really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth and yes, Happy New Year, everybody, as we get ready to ring in 2021 or 2022 and say goodnight, goodbye, see you later to 2021. And it's going to be a big year in 2022. I'm so excited. Varla Ventura and her varlaventura.net website are here with our cryptid world. Varla comes in once a month to hang on out and talk about anything that we go. And I'll tell you, it's got a little Randy and Risque tonight. Randy oh, and Risque, Varla. Indeed, indeed. And we have you till the bottom of the hour. We might as well continue it. Brand new listener to our chat room, Tangerina Arena, asks. <laughs> I love that name. Oh, I love the names. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Do mermaids and mermen reproduce by spawning like fish? Or do they put on the berry white mm. and get it on in front of a fire on the beach? 
<laughs> well, you know, I think it's there. There's a probably a little combination of. I, I think they probably just reproduce in the in the way that that fishes reproduce and in the way that other kind of creatures and supernatural creatures reproduce. But I also think that there's a history of mermaids or mermen reproducing with humans. And um, this is also seen in the selkies, which um, selkies are kind of similar to mermaids. They're seals that um, have, they shed their skins and they can walk on dry land. And it's said that if like, they're almost always women, of course. And it said if, if a man can capture the selkie's coat and, and hides it, that she will then stay and she can stay on dry land and they can have children. And so part of kind of what I was talking about earlier about witches and mermaids and that connection um, is the idea that um, these supernatural creatures can actually reproduce with mortals and then produce kind of a super hybrid race, right? So you see that actually throughout mythology in, in, in all cultures, you see gods and strange creatures trying to reproduce with the, with mortal with with mankind and um that is absolutely true of mermaids and selkies and you see legends such as the um the legend of the mermaid in cornwall uh there's a uh, mermaid it's called the mermaid chair and it's a carved bench that's in a church of all places in cornwall and I, th- I think it's actually still there and um the story behind it is that there was a woman who was said to be a mermaid and she had knowledge of the sea and she had knowledge of, she had, you know, herbology and healing and um, she could do a lot of doctoring. People believed that she was either a mermaid or a witch because she never attended church. And so it was kind of passed down through generations that this woman was actually a mermaid who had come on dry land and mated with a human man. And then they had had children and then they had had children. And so this woman was the, you know, great, great, great grandchild of a mermaid. And um, at any point, if you are a descendant of a mermaid or a selkie, you can revert to the, it's like dual citizenship. You can revert to that and you will be accepted by, you know, the, the mermaids of the sea. So there's this kind of long history of that throughout, um, of the super, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to ghost sex, right? It's like, it's the idea that something divine and something supernatural can actually connect with and reproduce and create sort of a, a superhuman. And we, we have that belief also in the idea of, um, you know, alien encounters and some kind of hybrid being. And many people, and I have, I have heard this more than, uh, more than once, we look at something like, okay, we've got some sort of hybrid space alien over here, and some sort of like supernatural creature down over here. And many people believe that it's all it's all actually the same thing. So that what you call 
some sort of you know what what the Egyptians called Ra, and what the Christians call God, and what the witches call you know the divine. It's actually the same thing with different names, and it has the same ability to um, to connect with and then reproduce. And so, I mean. Look, when you marry the church, right, if you decide you're going to be a priest or you're going to be a nun, you you marry God, right? Like you marry something divine and your children are the disciples that are around you, the people that listen to you and the people that you tend to. So there's always this idea. I also think it speaks to something about the the innate um, pressure on women in particular to hold their value um, to be mothers and and to and to reproduce uh, that's the only reason to exist is to reproduce so I'll just throw my feminist slant in there I do think that there um, and and I see that in particular with mermaids who are really fertility goddesses right because the the societies that uh, originally worshipped mermaids were completely and utterly dependent upon the sea for their livelihood. And so the sea was seen as a uh, embodiment of fertility and abundance. And as a result, um, this, this was something that was revered and respected. But at some point, you know, when we got out the big fishing nets, it was no longer considered sacred and was now considered something that needed to be covered up. In fact, you can find old um, like Syrian images of mermaids and, and other African images of mermaids that do not depict mermaids. Um, like they'll have like fish-like qualities, but they will actually have the genitalia of women. So, there's so there is something going on there with the suppression of, of women and sexuality in, within the um, evolution of society, but you know, I'm a feminist. So, so where does the divine feminine <laughs> come in when it comes to the cryptid world? Baby, the divine feminine is everywhere. <laughs> that, that is, it is everywhere in everything. That is what the divine feminine is. That warm hug, <laughs> that, that the smell of the baked cookie the the feeling that you get when you have an encounter that makes your you know the hair stand up on the back of your neck and gives you chills that's the divine feminine that is not dismissive of the divine masculine that, at all but the divine feminine is something that is absolutely prevalent throughout any kind of emotional supernatural experience anything that you might equate with the feminine the moon um, versus something like the um, the divine masculine, which of course has its importance and its role. Um, the divine masculine is really what gets us out of bed in the morning and gets us rolling and gets us conquering and gets us kind of through our goals. And I say that not in a male-female way, but in a masculine-feminine way, because I do believe people can embody as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All or more of one of those qualities, and it has nothing to do with the gender that you're born with. Absolutely not. So I think, you know, or the sex that, whatever, the biological sex that you're born with. I think that, you know, I I completely believe that people can change and evolve as they, um, as they learn more about themselves and that they can embody that divine feminine. So in terms of cryptids, I think that anytime you actually see things, I think the divine feminine is actually permitting you to bear witness to that. Um, there's the divine reason, masculine there, is the thing that's going to actually push the cryptid out to see you. There, there's a reason why I asked that because a lot of times when we have cryptid hunters on this show – you know, we we masculinize everything. Dog man, frog man, uh, man, man, man. You know, man, everything yeah. is man. It, <laughs> but on the flip side, outside of the Patterson Giblin Sasquatch film, we don't see many photos of female Sasquatch. We've never seen a female dog man. We've never seen a female goat man. We've never seen a female uh, frog man. You know, and Maybe I'm reaching here. I don't know. Okay. But I'm just really trying to figure out that if these cryptids are real that are running around, they have to reproduce. Okay. So how do you know whether you're seeing a male or a female? Because we do this all the time in the animal kingdom. We say that something's a female or a male and we, um, you know, anthropomorphize it and say, Oh, that little guy. And it turns out to be a female. I mean, for example, when I lived in San Francisco, there was this incredible Eurasian um, owl that was at the San Francisco Zoo that everybody called King Richard. And it was just this magnificent owl. Well, King Richard, after living in the San Francisco Zoo for 25 years, it was discovered that King Richard was a queen. And which was quite fitting for San Francisco, Queen King Richard the Queen. So I think we need to unpack a little bit about how we are viewing these. We don't know. Now, typically in most species, female, the female sex is slightly smaller than the male sex. Not always, but frequently. The female sex is the one that stays near the 
uh, the young, not always, but frequently. The males are the ones that are out gathering. Not always, case in point, bees, right? It's the females who do 90% of the work. The females are the ones that are actually gathering the pollen to bring back to the queen, believe it or not. The worker bees are not male. So you, you see, what you see may be because you're seeing the males who are out gathering and exploring beyond the reaches to try and find food or, or a safe place for the families, that's possible. But you also may be seeing a female and you just assume it's a male because we don't really have anything to compare it to. And for example, Sasquatch, they're huge, right? So a female is going to look huge as is a male. So I, I actually think we just don't know enough and we are assuming that we're not seeing females when we very well may be. But we, again, like you said, we masculinize it. We call it a dog man. We call it, you know, everything's man, man, man. But we don't know. And that happens all the time in the animal kingdom. You see it all the time in like nature documentaries. It's like this is the, the this animal and this animal is is the male and it's not even always the case right like so and we even do that with our pets right so you just assume oh well that little cute kitten is is a female and that that big dog is a male but it's it's the opposite so i just don't think that we have had enough close contact i mean you know have you flipped a sasquatch over to see if they're male or female no, who has? I mean, I, I don't know anyone who has. So we make assumptions. Some of them may be valid assumptions, but we're making those assumptions and we don't know that. We don't know that at all, that they're all male. We, we absolutely don't know that. In fact, they couldn't be, right? Because as you said, they have to reproduce. So. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it would be, uh, well, Pine Island Research says, it could be because Bigfoot and other cryptids look at the protection of the family unit as the male putting themselves on the front line in the moment of perceived danger, which, you know, would make sense because every type of pride, whether it's lions or cats or deer or cougars or whatever, you know, it is the mother who is the one protecting the, 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 the young, the offspring from anything that happens. Yeah, you, you yeah. Know. So, I mean, that does make sense that it would be less for us to see the female side of everything. Sure, the males are the ones that are going out and gathering or trying to find, like, the new home or, or just scope the scene to make sure that it's safe. Because, again, <laughs> back to the top of the hour, humans are jerks, right? <laughs> like, we will destroy things that are um sacred and and um magical because we want to know what they are we you know we'll dissect a sasquatch before we will respect a sasquatch i'm not saying that is true of all the people who are listening tonight but there's an overarching like you know desire to know things that wants to put stuff up on the on the operating table and slice it open um so i absolutely i absolutely think that we just don't really have, I don't know, I would just say don't assume, you know, because honestly, if you encounter something that's really aggressive, more likely you're encountering a female, more likely you're encountering a female, I mean, look at bears, right? So 
you know, so if a bear's out foraging and just eating, you can make a bunch of noise and kind of give them away. But if a bear is out and their cubs are there, a, a mother bear is, you come between a mother bear and her cubs, you know, you're going to get, your throat, you, your throat is going to get slashed. You will get attacked. So females actually can be quite aggressive. So I think it kind of depends on the um, experience that you've had. <laughs> Right. I mean, it is uh, it is very interesting to see where that goes. We got six and a half minutes here before we have to say good night, goodbye to 2021 with you, Varla Ventura. For you, when you look back on 2021, what kind of a year in monsters has it been for you? A year in monsters. It's been super monstrous. <laughs> Actually, very monstrous. There's been a lot. I feel like the year prior... 2020, um, because of all of the extreme changes in our society, there it was also a time of ex- very, very high magic. Um, 2021, I felt, was certainly more of a year of the cryptid. I think we were able to spend more time outside without interruptions. I certainly was um, exploring the woods and going for, you know, long walks on frozen lakes or whatever I was doing. Um, so I think that there's a natural and supernatural element that really came through, certainly for me in 2021. Um, and then the other thing, I just, I, I have to tell you this, like something, I, I don't know, I, I'm kind of an idiot about social media, as you know. And my son said, you know, have you ever put, you put, like, put your hashtag in there, mom? And I put my hashtag in and I just have to tell you, there are, I mean, it almost made me cry. There are so many beautiful pictures of my books where people have made altars and taken a photo of, of my book. And I, I, I had no idea. I'm just completely lame and oblivious. And it made me really realize that, um, you know, communities like this, whether you're a magical community or just a woo community or just an open-minded community that wants to be up late at night, I think that I've had a lot of connection with that. And I think we've needed that more than ever because we have had more limited contact with our peoples, right? Like I haven't seen some of my, my um, life affirming friends um, much at all in the last year. And so um, we really are, you know, united in this, like, you know, whatever magical midnight space and so I think for me, that's what 2021 kind of is, is, is that, that, that in between space, that in between, you know, dying and living the in between like midnight and um, midnight 01, this kind of like magical turn of time. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I just, we'll see what 2022 has in, has in store for us. Well, which way do you see it going? What are your plans for the new year partying <laughs> i mean i yeah i just enjoying i i hope that we can all kind of come to that place i think we've all been very stressed out i know i have many people have there's a and there's still a lot of unknowns we know we are still in the midst of you know disease and pandemic and whether or not it's safe to do this and do that so you know, uh, my hope is that as we go into 2022, when we do get those experiences back, when we do meet in Vegas, that 
we let go of all of our, um, you know, all of our baggage and crap and all the stuff that gets in the way of us just having a good time and really, and I don't mean just, you know, knocking back the shots, but like actually connecting and, um, you know, a deep way with people. So I'm hoping that's how 2022 goes, but honestly, at midnight on New Year's, I'm going to be writing again. That's what I will be doing. That's your job. That's That's what you're good at. That's that's the only thing I'm good at, Dave. It really is. It's it's definitely, yeah. (laughs) Any any novels coming out? Any books coming out? Oh, two. I'm actually working on two, not well, multiple novels, actually. Um, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about that, but one of the, I'm, I'm working on, um, one novel that is based on some, um, it's basically, it's, it's based on some major surgery that I had to have a couple years ago in the altered state that I went into during that time. Um, thankfully it was, you know, I think three years ago. So it's, it's based on that, but in a, in a, with a horror twist, of course, it involves a, um, a spinal, a cadaver bone infusion in, in um, the main character's spine. And then I'm actually working on a novel about, uh, um, uh, uh, for kids, about a, a little girl who discovers she's a descendant of the great pirate queen, Grace O'Malley. And then, you know, some other stuff going on. And then I'm also working on two nonfiction books that I'm going to just, pitch like hell and hope somebody picks them up. That sounds awesome. You know, <laughs> I look forward to continuing this with you on a monthly basis in 2022. We always have a lot of fun. The audience just loves it when you're here and the plethora of topics that we get to to speak about on a monthly basis with you is just second to none. And and you are so knowledgeable and so well researched in everything to do with you know everything from horror to the macabre to to the darker side of the cryptid world i think it just paints a beautiful picture of who you are and the hard work that you do for us so thank you so much well thank you and i would be absolutely honored to come back and i mean i look forward to seeing you every month absolutely and vegas and i remembered my question dave yes what's your thought of the dave my thought of the dave yeah oh my god that was my question I forgot my thought of the day. <laughs> now I gotta go find it. It's okay. I forgot my question to ask you what your thought of the day was. So Well, I will find my soon. thought of the Dave and then I will Oh uh, wait, it's over here. It's over here. Wait. I no, got it. No. What's here, your best monster your story of twenty twenty one? What's your best monster story of twenty twenty one? Varlaventura.net is Varla's website. You can find all of her books at every major bookstore across North America. Along with online, of course, you can shop at her store on her website. And you know what? If you go through her website, order something there, I'm pretty sure that she would send you an autograph of some sort because that's the way she is. Marla Ventura will talk to you in January 2022. See you next year, Marla. See you next year. Coming up next, it's Dave 101, my New Year's hopes for our world. We're clear. So on the same <laughs> wavelength. <laughs> What's your thought of the day? I forgot my thought of the day. 
I forgot to ask you what you thought of the day was because I forgot my question. Thanks, Dave. That mm-hmm. was awesome. That's the way we roll. Great. We rolled well. I like the new intro, too. I've been kind of out of it, so I, ha- I don't know how long you've been doing that, but I like that. That's pure Vincent. Pure Vincent. Nice. Good job, Vincent. Vincent. That's one of my favorite names of all time. Vincent? Vincent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good name. I remember when I was a kid, I was so enamored with Wayne Gretzky being my hero <coughs> that I gave my dad hell that he named me didn't name me Wayne. <laughs> yeah, it's probably... I mean, it's not that great of a name, honestly. No, it's and a, a terrible I name. understand. It's a terrible I understand name. the yeah. reverence for Wayne Gretzky, of course, but what a... Like Dave Wayne, like <laughs> David Wayne. Actually, David Wayne's not. That could be your pen name, David Wayne. I've already got a pen name. W a y n e. I've already got a pen name in Dave Scott. Yeah, but you gotta have a pen pen name. No, I I would do something. No. I would do something uh, more creative. David than, Wayne. Yeah, I would be. I would be like Merle something. I'd cut. I'd steal actually, Merle's name. No, Scott is just a built-in author's name, in my opinion. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. Really right. appreciate that. So. Really appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so I, I seriously, I did, I blocked that time out on my calendar. Good. I will make sure I can go to Vegas. Give me more serious details as soon as you have them. We're going to have will seriously yeah. book things. Flights are so cheap right now. I'll just book a flight now. It, they're so cheap. You know, yeah. I can probably, yeah. So, <clears throat> and yep. then happy to brainstorm if you want me to do anything other than show up. All you need to do but is I'm show up. I'm also happy to show up. Yeah, You're that's just, great. All, all we need is you and everybody else just to show up. How about that? All right. I might bring a couple of hats. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Well, I would appreciate it. Great. Sounds great. Much love, my dear. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Varla Ventura, everybody. Varla effing Ventura. She's awesome. She's coming to Vegas. Are you? Mm Mm-hmm. 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 It's gonna be a gooder. Hey Sunsaver, how are you? T-Rex Pam Smith. Welcome back. Oh, who else has joined us here? <clears throat> James Smith. What are you doing over there, Doug? You're pushing the chair. Doug Stevenson's in the office right now, having to sleep. We know the gorgeous Teresa's going to be there. We know that. I will guarantee that Teresa will also be in Colorado when I'm speaking there. And potentially in San Francisco in February. I'm holding off on that right now. I'm waiting for the final word to come down.
We got like a minute here. Bear with me, guys. Here we go. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and now on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again for Dave 101. It is the season once again to welcome in a brand new year and say goodbye to one that was. Sure, we can look at 2021 as being another year of COVID and the politics that go around with trying to get the world healthy and back to normal again. Trust me, I have my own concerns. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And my own questions that I will probably never get answered. However, 2022 is a year that we can look forward to. You know, I love the beginning of a new year because there is always so much hope, so much pride, so much want and need for change, whether we do it personally or whether we expand it to the people who surround us. When I look into the fields of research, there are a number of things that I want to see happen in 2022 that I found out that I really didn't like about 2021. Let's start off in the paranormal world. The good part about the paranormal world was people were starting to investigate a little bit more. After 2020 and COVID, not a lot of people got out to any haunted locations to go find their ghosties that were going to get them the thrill that they wanted and that they deserved. The positive for the paranormal that I saw and maybe others will disagree, is I saw a lot of people doing it for fun. They were doing it because they have an interest. They were doing it because they weren't striving for a television show or a pilot or to try and prove something scientific, even though my biggest criticism of the paranormal world has always been there's nothing scientific about the way 99.5% of the investigators actually investigate. No, people just wanted to get out in the field, take their gear out, take their minds off of what is going on in the world, and just go investigate ghosts. To me, it seemed like we saw a lot more fun in the paranormal world. However, it wasn't without its criticisms. One of the biggest shocks that I learned this year and maybe I was naive to it, not understanding that it was happening before, was the fact that we learned that there are teams across North America that are so egotistical that they are actually trying to lock down locations. So let's say I have a paranormal team, and I have a hotspot that was really, really active, and I don't want any other team going in there. What I do is I make up a fake contract and I get the location and convince them to sign it so that way no other paranormal team can enjoy what I got to enjoy. I thought that is shady. I thought it isn't right. It is no way in help or helping to expand the paranormal field. You want other people to investigate those locations. Because, what if they get the same evidence? Now you have something 
to cross-pollinate with regarding my research to the other person's research. It's good for the paranormal field. It helps bring everything together. But we're not seeing that. And my wish for 2022 is more people in the paranormal field who are out enjoying hunting ghosts will take the time to realize that it's not a competition. Not everybody is going to be the next Zach Bagans. But what you can do is you can enjoy the investigation with others, whether they are individuals or whether they are part of another team. You don't have to like it. You don't have to be a part of it. You don't even have to really do anything about it. Just sit back and enjoy. It's one of the beautiful things that has happened as we learn to relive once again outside without rules, even though some of us are being locked down once again. But my hope is that continues for the paranormal and that people start to get along a little bit more rather than criticize for ways people investigate, for ways things people may do things differently. But the selfishness does need to be kicked to the side. Those who are trying to ruin it for others need to be called out. They need to be chastised. They need to be shown that that's not the way the paranormal world works. It may not be about teammates and teamwork, but it can be about respect and dignity for other fellow investigators. Moving on to the cryptid world, on Spaced Out Radio, we had the pleasure to meet some great and phenomenal researchers of the cryptid world. We had old friends stop by, like Jody Cook from the North American Dogman Project, and we had new friends, like Duke Sullivan from World Bigfoot Radio, Nate Rudd from WIBS in Washington State, Carter Burchart, and many others stop by here to tell us about their experiences with the legendary Sasquatch. These were people who really opened my eyes to what this creature is all about. Now, normally, you have two opinions of this. It's either a very supernatural creature, or it is some practicing hominid. And after being a little bit upset with the way some researchers were doing things, especially here on the West Coast, where it was a monkey, it was an ape, it was Gigantopithecus, throwing all of these topics out there, we were able to tap into a number of investigators who really, really opened our eyes to the fact that maybe, just maybe, there is something special about Sasquatch. We don't know what this creature is. We can assume. And these gentlemen that we got to know this year understand that some of those assumptions may be very large and grandiose, filled with woo from big feet to the top of their pointy heads. But we were able to learn that maybe, just maybe, there is something to this creature being supernatural. And we learned that we shouldn't rule it out. The disappointing part of the Bigfoot world that we learned of this year was that we learned that it's not a good idea 
to turn over cases to the BFRO, or the Bigfoot Research Organization. Why? Because from what we learned from a number of people, that this so-called proud organization of Sasquatch research around the world actually hides behind the word science. And my wish to the BFRO this year is for honesty and integrity and straight-up development of the research. For you cannot have research if you are only studying opinion. And my wish for the BFRO for 2022 is that they realize and understand that if somebody has a paranormal experience with a Sasquatch encounter or a UFO encounter or something else strange happen, those reports should not be edited. Tell them the way they are. These are real people's experiences that the BFRO is downplaying. And I know if that were to happen to me, I would never trust the BFRO again if I submitted a report to them only to read it online and noticing that it had been edited. That's not their job. Real research is not editing for your own benefit. Let the stories and the science take you to where the evidence goes. That is my hope for the BFRO. Of course, they're more interested in Squatch This and Squatch That and their television show where every background noise is a Squatch. But the reality is we were able to really, really dig into Sasquatch this year and learn there is way more to this creature that we could possibly fathom right now. So my hope for all Sasquatch encrypted researchers out there is keep an open mind in 2022. What you believe is allowed, but let the evidence take you to where you need to go. Because science, if that's what you were claiming, is only as good as the research that's given. And science doesn't care about your opinion. Now, to the UFO world, which could be the bane of our existence or the shiny objects in the sky that we all want confirmed. I don't have much hope for 2022 in the UFO world, and let me explain why. After the government of the United States passed its new legislation with the defense budget and the military and the Pentagon creating the AOI-MSG, I am in firm belief that their entire goal for 2022 and moving forward is to sweep the UFO story back where they feel it belongs, right underneath the rug to outdoors. They don't want this public. They don't want the technology public because they are in a major military-industrial complex where they call the shots and the rest of us have to follow suit, whether we like it or not. The legislation that was passed is wonderful. 
because now we get official money being spent on the study of UAP. The sad part about it is the public is still not going to get any further information besides light-hearted reports every six months. That is twice a year. First in June, the next one in December. And both times we will treat it like it's Christmas. And both times we will get socks instead of toys from Santa Claus. That is what bothers me about the UFO world. I do not believe we are going to get more videos, although I hope I am wrong. I do not believe we are going to get more insiders, although I hope I am wrong. I could see Lou Elizondo, after his new book comes out and he does the press tour, disappearing once again from the public limelight because it's just too much. My wish is that it isn't that way. My wish is for more transparency. My wish is for full disclosure, even though in 2022 we know full disclosure is not going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen who are listening, we need to understand that this topic of the phenomena is very real. The government of the United States knows it's real. The governments around the world know it's real. But who is going to give us the truth? If we expect that the last four years has led up to the United States government to tell us what happened at Roswell, what happened at Kecksburg, what happened in Phoenix, and every crash retrieval site in between, we are mistaken. And it's not healthy for us, it's not healthy for the phenomena, and it's not healthy for the research. The main question that we still need to ask in 2022 when it comes to UFOs is why now? We started asking that in 2021. It started to catch on. Then it fizzled. But we've continued the pressure of saying, why now? Why are UFOs important now? We must continue that pressure in 2022 before this entire subject gets swept under the carpet again by the Pentagon, where the men in black become real once again and people start shutting up when we need them to speak the most. That's what Harry Reid was, I believe, trying to protect. Hopefully, the politicians, whether it's Senator Gillibrand, Senator Rubio, Senator Warner, or others, can understand that the military-industrial complex, when it comes to UFOs, needs to be a little bit more transparent. From all of us at Spaced Out Radio... To all of you, we hope that you all have an amazing 2022, no matter what the circumstances. We are here for you seven days a week, both on terrestrial radio and on our YouTube channel and other digital formats and podcast formats. We will continue to work hard for you in 2022. My team is ready to put out some of the best broadcasting that we ever have. And we are always looking to improve. But the one thing that we can guarantee to all of you is that no matter what happens, no matter what happens on this planet, whether it's COVID, whether it's UFOs, whether it's inflation, 
or more government BS, you will always have a safe home here, listening to Spaced Out Radio. And that is your Dave 101. All right, let's get right to Shirky Poo's news, shall we? Great comment, Sovereign. Great comment. A little Christmas spirit has helped five little puppies abandoned in an Oklahoma land new forever homes. Tulsa police officers have adopted four of the five puppies found stuffed inside a zipped-up duffel bag abandoned on the counter of a quick-trip gas station at the corner of 91st and Mingo on Christmas night. The department shared on their Facebook post, the officers were overwhelmed feeling with Christmas spirit when they came across this situation. An employee at the gas station had a, has adopted the fifth puppy. Oh, and they are so cute. Oh, you just want to hug them. Yeah, along with the post, the department also shared photos of officers Cordova, Pashley, Perry, and Johns posing with the rescued pups outside the police station and two of the newly adopted puppies, both of which had black and white markings. Big thanks to the cute pups, awesome officers, and QT employee, the department wrote on social media, about the rescue and pet adoptions. The department also encouraged readers to adopt any new pet companions they wish to add to their family rather than buy from breeders. If you're looking for a pet, please adopt. Don't shop. Moving on here. Here's a scary one. British Bank Santander said about 2,000 customers mistakenly received double payments on Christmas days with a total of $175 million being accidentally paid out. The bank said the money was doled out over about 75,000 transactions for about 2,000 corporate and commercial customers. The institution said a technical error was to blame for the repayments. We're sorry that due to a technical issue, some payments from our corporate clients were incorrectly duplicated on receipts accounts or recipients accounts. Satander said, none of the clients were at any point left out of pocket. As a result, we will be working hard with many banks across the UK to recover the duplicated transactions over the coming days. Santander, which is owned by Spanish bank Banco Santander, said, the technical issue was tied to a scheduling error that was quickly identified and rectified. The payments included one-time and recurring transactions, which the bank said may have included employee wages and supplier payments. Animal rescuers in Britain recently reported a portly badger that needed to be rescued after it was feasting on the contents of a resident's compost bin, then discovered... The badger was too fat to climb out. The RSPCA said animal rescue officer Louis Horton was summoned to a Guilford, Surrey, England home when a resident reported a badger stuck inside their compost. The green plastic bin would normally have a lid on top secured, but the inquisitive and hungry badger had spotted an opportunity for what he thought would be an easy meal, and he clambered through the open top. No, not a good idea. The badger, after release, was taken to a wildlife aid foundation to have a veterinary checkup and said to be okay, in good spirits, a little full, but well worth the jaunt nonetheless. 
Here's your thought of the nave for 2021. What's your best monster story? Joanne, can't give out his name. Jim, a beloved dog man. Oob to Joe's Maine, spotted yesterday on Interstate 80 in California. It was a bumble. Paul, my friend who drives truck for a living through Yale, British Columbia at 4 a.m., had a Sasquatch walk out in front of his truck and stop. My friend had to slam on his brakes and looked at it for 10, 15 seconds while it stared at him. Wow, I know exactly where that spot is. Oh, that area is so full of Sasquatch. I want to say a big thank you to everyone in the thought of the day. Shirky Poo for the news. And, of course, to Varla Ventura for coming on in and rocking out with us tonight. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in. At home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Revolution Radio, Spreaker, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Woo Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Happy New Year, beautiful world. Let's have a great 2022. Good night. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.